am I doing the intro? Or are you doing the intro? What are we doing? Uh, you can do the intro today, but you got to do it to a to like a nah, song. Here we go. You want to do? Song? You want to do? Yeah. Do you want to do it to like a like a, a rock song, or you want to do it to like a little like happy club kind of house song? Well, how am I going to hear the song? You're not. Well, then how the f am I supposed to do it to the song? When I cue it, the song's just going to be playing on go. When I say go, you know, like start hitting the. F Start hitting the intro, dude. You gotta have, you gotta have some swagger to it, Ben. I'll try my best. All right, dude. I'm proud All of right, you. Let's give it, give All right, you ready? Then I'll go. All right, ready? Three, two, one, go. What's up, guys? Ben here, and welcome to another episode of Scrap Time. The vibes are high. We got two weeks in the bag. Unfortunately, we got a three-week break, but we'll talk about that in a second. We have finally started to get some results coming in in the league. Some teams are doing well. Some teams, and eh, we'll talk about it. They might be in some real trouble. I'm here with my co-host as always, Mr. Christopher, a.k.a. Mr. Christopher. I was going to say Christopher James Crowder. I don't know. But oh you God, guys know dude. him as Crowder. He's the coach. He's also a professional player that has won a world championship, won a world championship as a coach. I have not. Uh, so that, that's what Chris has got up on me. Uh, Chris, how are you doing on this lovely Monday? I know you're probably taking today off after. No, I've just decided like really I'm not taking a day off. I think I'm going to stream. Oh, we're after back this. on the bullshit. Yeah, dude, I, you know, I was just saying how I feel really burnt out, and now I'm just going to, I, you know, I'm going to continuously just burn out. But, uh, you know, we'll stream after this. But regardless, uh, W intro, Ben. And I think the music and the way, you know, the, the, the pace of your, your speaking right there was perfect, dude. So that made me happy. Well, I couldn't but, hear um, the song at all. I was just well, kind of winging you know, it. So. You know, the people that are watching don't know that. So uh, oh, we, yeah, uh, yeah. we're feeling good. Obviously, the team played well this weekend. We'll get into that soon, but uh, I'm happy. I, I'm excited to do the scrap time. I'm honestly uh, having a lot of fun recording these shows. I was looking forward to today, so today should be a fun one. I'm excited. I feel good, and I'm ready to talk about some Call of Duty, baby. All right, well, let's get into it. So, um, uh, where do we start today? Well, let's, let's, start, let's start with this sort of general kind of topic. Uh... What do we think about? So right now we had two weeks of matches, mm -hmm. um, you know, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We're heading into, um, you know, a week running into like Christmas. So, okay, I understand why we're taking that off. A week running into New Year's. Okay, I understand why we're taking that off. But I don't understand why it can't be like, you know, what I mean, after New Year's, like Get right that to first it. weekend. Yeah, why do we need another? Do you think like three weeks is just too long, and we're not going to play until like the middle of January? And now it's two weeks, and then we're going straight to Boston. Uh, I mean, I, I'm assuming like probably the timing of the event might have had something to do with it. Like in the sense, like instead of taking like a full week off before the event's over, like you know what I mean, type of thing or something. But uh, I don't know. I mean, the three week break definitely sucks because even just from the coaching side of stuff, just watching scrims. It's fun. It's good practice. Obviously, you want to always get better, but at the same time, like, you know, watching the, especially after getting a taste of what the matches are, just the atmosphere of match days and stuff, even if it's just online matches, it's always fun. So, uh, three weeks is a little too long. I, I would prefer, I'd prefer to get right back into it. I think every player in the league would probably agree. But at the same time, you know, being able to have that break and kind of relearn the spawns is also nice because a lot of the spawns did definitely change, right? So, if that's the case, you know, we'll see, we'll see how much they changed and all that. And we'll, you know, kind of figure it out, but to give some time for the teams to just prepare more again and get back into the swing of things could be nice too. Yeah. I would say, you know, I kind of see that maybe it was like, okay, well, do we want a week 
in between the matches in Boston, or we rather have the matches on Sunday and everybody flies to Boston like on Tuesday, we do it in the weekend after. I just think what's going to happen is like with this situation is we're all going to get back from New Year's and that first weekend we're going to be like, wow, there is nothing going on. It's going to kind of suck all the momentum early out of the league uh, and it may affect viewership. So I, I, I think it's not a wise strategy, but yeah, it is what it is. It is at this yeah. point. Nothing we can do. Uh, so, so let's get into it. Um, mm-hmm. Before getting to your team, I wanted to give two top line stats that I think will set the tone for the show. There was it. after week one, we we had some really fun game five series, some some blots, but some interesting series. I'm gonna be honest, legit. I think every series this weekend was boring. Like even the upsets, unquote, were boring series. The 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 winning teams lost four maps in total across their wins. They're like ten matches. In the top four right now, so Seattle, or sorry, New York, Optic, Toronto, and FaZe are combined 11-1 and one against teams that are not the ones I listed. So I'm not counting, like, there's, they've played 13 series in total. I'm not counting the Optic versus New York, because obviously it's top four versus top four violence. But everybody else, they're pretty much taking care of business against teams that are not in that spot. The only one is the Boston over um, Toronto upset, which we'll get to mm-hmm. in the middle of the show. So, like, Chris, is that... What you did you expect coming into the season that with red dots, with these maps, and maybe once you started playing it, some of these hills are no hard to break than last year, that maybe the skill gap might shine, or you know, do you not think maybe it's to this extent? Like what are your thoughts on that stats? Uh, uh I mean, it's still early. Uh we were talking about it a little bit before the episode. It's it's still early in the year, and the spawns definitely just changed, so now, you know, it could play much differently. But at the end of the day, when there is 150 health, the time to kill is a little bit slower and there's more movement, you're definitely going to be able to see skill gaps here and there. But I think it's also just uh, a lot of the times uh, teams get ahead, you know, and then when they stay ahead in the beginning of the year, like, you know, they're able to kind of like, kind of, you know, solidify themselves away from, from other teams. But still, I, I don't know. I, I don't really think it's, you know, a skill, some, some huge skill gap that you're going to see for the rest of the year as of now. Uh, we just kind of yeah. have to wait and see. And I think these new spawns are going to change some of the maps too. So it's kind of hard to tell. I th- I just think like some teams got ahead pretty early. They obviously got a good start. They had the momentum, the confidence, and they kind of ran with it. But at the same time, like there were still some close matches and stuff. Like our, our match with Boston had some close maps. Like even like, you know, our Seattle match, like we played it well and we did really good. But like there's stuff that you can always work on. So I, there's going to be a bigger skill gap, but I think it's just also early season stuff too, to be honest. And also... I know you just said the Boston Toronto thing, but there's still rooms for like things like that too. So I don't know. I think it's early, early, early game cheese for now. We'll see. Yeah, I, I agree. There's, there's some, listen, I think it was to be expected that there might be less pair. I think obviously red dots being in has a huge effect on the game. Early game. I agree. You know, I've had a com- number of conversations with players. It's like, I, I feel like the knowledge gap as far as fully understanding the maps in the modes right now is just not at the level it was last year because last year you just kind of accepted with no red dots and the way the maps were laid out there is some level of randomness like you can kind of master some 50 50s you think it's like red it dots comes... though i feel like you, you i think it's a combination of a couple of things i think red dots mm-hmm. is one i think in pat price aka made a really good point on the show a couple weeks ago of like you know these maps were designed for a game a long time ago that had a lot more nades no trophies AR play dominant, so like teams that are able to effectively use subs 
to overcome that gap, be able to use that map geography and lock down are being very effective. A bunch of these hills are very small in hard point. So rotating early, holding down power positions and some like obvious crosses are going to make breaking hills very difficult. So I think once you put that all together and you know, the top teams are always going to be a little bit more disciplined. And the bottom teams are always going to be kind of pacing's off, going to make mistakes. That's why I think you're seeing some lopsided results in some of these respawns. Yeah. I mean, do you kind of agree with that? Yeah. I mean, these maps obviously weren't designed for hard point. That's very true. But uh, I think in general, teams with like the sub players on teams are really important. Yeah. And that's always going to be something where like if you have really good sub players that are able to apply pressure all over the map, it's going to make the map very hard to play against. And it's going to make it easy for that team, obviously, if they're frying and firing on all cylinders, it's going to make it very easy for them too. So it's 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 definitely a little bit of both. I think the 150 health, the movement, and all that stuff all kind of collectively come into it. But it's still really hard to say something as solidifying as like, yeah, like this is just a skill gap. This is like, it, you know, it's still early. I still think there are some yeah. close maps. And even like with us, like I can speak for us, like there's a lot of stuff that we still need to work on, even with us winning our matches. Like it's not like we won those and like, you know, we're perfect and i think every team would probably say the same like there's always going to be things you can work on and stuff to keep getting better so i think right now yep. it's just like you know the small sample size we'll see how it kind of keeps playing out especially after like major one on land on stage where all that is too i'm very curious to see how this plays on land i have to wait and see but yeah the red dots are just nice the reason why i asked about the red dots is because i don't think it's like you know like a skill gap game changing type of thing as much as it's just like nice for everyone to actually play a game that makes sense and stuff and you're not taking those like weird odd like i don't know last year was just kind of held it takes, play that takes way. a lot of, like the randomness yeah. out. it makes a lot of it creates a lot of randomness in that sense so yeah yeah i think they did a good job with all that stuff but i still think it's just it's early. Still, i wouldn't be like yeah, super super critical on uh some of the teams but at the same time you know you have to make sure you don't have a really bad start too right so yeah and again you've talked about the new patch it's changed a lot of a number of ma like yeah. you guys have probably been watching sub base all week like that map plays fairly totally differently different now in the new yeah. patch Terminal might actually be the worst map of all time now on this new patch for the spawns. So uh, excited to see what the pros can do with three weeks of practice or whatever under the belt with this. But let's move on and let's start mm -hmm. talking about individual teams. Let's get into Just it. as always, chat, like we're going to try and cover all 12 teams. We may not give them all the oxygen. So sorry if your team comes up and we give it a two minute chat. It's just really difficult for us to, you know, give the full breakdown everybody. But as always, you start with your team, Chris. You guys only had one series this weekend. It was on Saturday afternoon against the surging Seattle Surge. See what I did there? Uh, it was a fun series. You guys took the first map, kind of controlled Karachi pretty much start to finish. They took um, uh, an interesting high-rise S&D on you guys. I know it's the first time you're playing the map. Mm -hmm. um, the control, I think you guys also kind of dominated on Karachi. Outslayed them bad on that map. And then the last map was interesting. I think you guys had a decent control of invasion going into the last, the second rotation mm -hmm. Seattle. And we'll talk about it more because I think we're going to watch this vibe when we talk about Seattle. They had a really pretty good P4 hold. And then they had an opportunity to really kind of tie the game up or take the lead on a P5. And they completely not early just kind of had a terrible setup and then kind of tried to collapse inwards and never got any of the kills. And so you guys were able to close that out. Some good individual plays. What was your biggest takeaway from that game? And what is the biggest thing that your team needs to work on other than learning the new patch over the next three weeks? I mean, if a VZ just doesn't fall off of that staircase, 
that game doesn't even go to P5 and it was just over. Uh, are you saying on P4? Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I think, you know, it, he did fall off the staircase and it did go to P5 and it definitely got scary. I think the fight between Arcides and Draza in the back staircase was massive. Yeah. I think, I think Draza getting that kill was like everything, to be honest. And that was like a huge kill that went down, a very clutch kill for us that obviously saved us and then the way we like approached everything after. But, uh, I mean, I like the way we played that invasion for the most part. It really sucks that as Abizi jumped off the staircase to get the trade, I'm pretty sure it was Arcides ran in and cut into the hill and just like hid in there. And then like we yeah. just never like finished that last you kill pull, off. Pull the VOD up. I linked yeah, in I the, if you, yeah, yeah. pull it up. Cause I, I have a queued at the beginning of that hill, the P4, and then we can talk about the P4 and the P5. Okay. Because it's, it's you, you make a good point that like, though that map, of, you know, it's so funny in COD. There's like so many interactions on a map, but to your point, like basically two major moments where the difference between you guys winning by like a hundred or Seattle making this crazy comeback and maybe winning on a P5 or a P1. Yeah. So like if you, if you play it out here, I'll put the, like the volume a little bit low, just keep it lower. Like right here, like, look, we have scrap time. This is right after their, I'm pretty sure selling and simp two V forward them. They got a four dead. Oh, they had the worst. Yeah. Oh, Seattle's bathroom setup was the worst. Show no, yeah. Seen. So like, they two v four them here, and then like this is this is like you know hard point one hundred one. So I can I can talk yeah. about this here, but like you know obviously if you get the scrap time and you're still staying ahead of rotation, which Abizi was, right here at this very moment, this looks very good for us, for the most part. Like you know we have scrap time, they have one fifty, we have one ninety. We can win it here if we don't lose these spawns. We can just win it in the next one. So like this is looking like a really commanding game. Abizi takes the time to rotate, like to rotate for us, stays ahead. Everyone's, you know, this is like, this is good Call of Duty. It was just like this next moment that happens. It's just like, you know, we get the first blood. So now again, 3v3 or 3v2. This guy's obviously trying to get in here. It's just playing this fight. Him jumping off the staircase was a little bit rogue. And then him, you know, him doing that. Arcides is able to cut up into this hill and now stay alive. And then if you pause it, like this is just where it gets weird because we never end up getting Arcides because of this. And we have the kills. We have everything that we need. Number three is obviously the, you know, killing him off the cross. Like again, we're, we're ahead of it. It's just our cities makes a pretty big play from Tyler jumping off. They cut us off and like what could have just been a 40 second hold for us now just goes away. So as something as like staying ahead on rotation, playing COD, like the big picture call of duty right there, we played it well. The little things in the moment, we didn't do well. And so they did a very good job of like that. So like that, that was like probably the biggest mistake of this map. And things like that are going to happen. Obviously, you want to clean them up and play them better next time in the moment. But, I mean, I wasn't really, like, super upset, like, from a coaching POV. Because, like, we did most of the stuff that we needed to put ourselves in the spots to win. And then executing from there, it just got a little rocky. But it's not the end of the world. Is that, like, is that like you think is sort of the biggest thing you need to work on with your team? Like, just playing a full... Well, man, it's a solid cod or is there other yeah, stuff you I mean, guys are focusing on? It's everything. At the end of the day, like, you know, we... <clears throat> You want to play a full 12 minutes or 10 minutes of like solid COD. And that's what that was. Again, like you're going to, th there is going to be times where you do not execute on the gunfight. You don't win the gunfight or you just misplay that certain gunfight. But when you have the best players in the world, like if you can set yourself up to, to, to have those advantageous or those advantageous positions like over and over and over again to stay ahead and control the game, like that's going to fall into your favor more than it's not. And then you're going to win more maps than you obviously lose. So. I think we did a good job in that sense. And then like a few little things just went wrong. And then of course, when that happens, you know, the other team usually capitalizes in a pro setting and they just kind of did that. So I wasn't super upset with them. I like the way we played this for the most part. So 
I was happy. It was just, cool. it was tough when I, I, in the moment when I was watching and he jumped off that staircase, I was like, no, where are you going? <laughs> I was like, where are you going? going a little yeah. too rogue. Yeah, went a little rogue. But, but I mean, happens. we'll, we'll talk about in a sec. I mean, I think then you guys do make a pretty good, uh, kind of, it just all hit fucking middle on the P5 rotation. And then to your point, I think Alec kind of maybe gets a little bit too aggressive against Jaraz in the back stairs. After we'll, we'll watch it back, we talk about Seattle, but that yeah. ended up being a big play. Yeah, I don't think he, I don't think he got too aggressive to be honest with you. I mean, he had he had draws a one shot. He just needed to finish that kill, and he didn't. To be honest, like that just that happens. Like I, I think I, I don't think he really misplayed it. He might have got bad timing on the tactical sprint of it or something. Yeah, he but hundred yeah. percent got bad timing. On the but like he, sprint. but like he, he had a one shot. Like you kind of have to hunt them down there for sure. But you count the guys lurk. So I think overall for your team, you guys have only played three matches. Before the break, some teams played three, some teams played four. You guys won all three. Um, I think across all game modes, you lost at least one map in across all game modes, but you have a winning percentage in all of them. And then coming up, you guys, I'm gonna be honest, Chris, you don't have to, you don't have to say anything about this, but I think you guys have the fucking easiest schedule, like coming back in January from my perspective. LAG, Vegas, Carolina, and then playing optics. So I think, let's see, you don't gotta react to that. I'm not, I'm not forcing you to want to say anything, but from my perspective, I think you guys will go to six wins. Um, and then we'll see what happens in Celtic. Yeah, I mean, I don't ever. I mean, I've been like this since you've known me, even like as a player. I don't think yeah. any schedule is ever easy because at the end of the day, no matter how much a team is struggling or you know however bad they look, like you can still play a close game. They're still professionals at the end of it, right? And if you show up and you're not on top of your game or you take someone lightly, like you always lose. So I'm a very, I I I'm not a very big believer in like, oh, this is an easy day today. Because if that's the if that's the if that's your attitude, then like you deserve to lose. You know, you shouldn't be taking everyone serious. So, I think that comment's kind of like BS from like my perspective. But I I mean I get it from where people are coming from. But you know, we never show up yeah. and just think like, hey, like today's gonna be a walk in the park. That's really dumb. I hate that attitude. That's, that's how you get upset because you just don't take people serious. It's just not a winning uh, mentality. Like yeah. you can you can be confident, and then there's being stupid. I agree. But I mean, at least from my perspective, you guys are favoring all those matches. So anyway. Let's move on. Uh, I want to let's talk about Seattle. Um, I, I think the way I'm going to start is we're going to talk about a couple of teams that I think were the big talking points, and then we'll get to everybody else. Seattle is one. They were coming into this week, you know, off um, some really good victories in week one and uh, against Steve's in Boston. And we're like, oh, well, Seattle surge might be for real. But then we were looking like, okay, well, they got to play Optic Phase in Toronto again. Scheduling ridiculous, but whatever. They got to play Optic Phase in Toronto back to back to back. Two of those being this week, and then one being the match they get back when they get back in January. And in both series, um, kind of went very similar. Like, um, you know, Toronto had, or uh, Seattle had some moments that were winnable against both teams. Um, you know, we can go take a look at the Karachi in a second. Again, the P5 we just talked about, and I also think the final P5 against Optic is either the most insane combination of timing and miscommunication I think I've ever seen um so far this year um but uh they went over or in hardpoint this weekend seattle which is tough against those two teams um but it seems like they still got some upside in in the other game mode so like i assume you agree with me not really panicking about seattle being top six but they obviously want to punch above top six mark and everybody does they're yeah. showing this week yeah didn't seem like they're just there yet you know i mean every everybody is like you know always wants to punch above that if they can but uh, I mean, I think they'll be fine. I still think everything's all good on that. I don't think there's any crazy panic to it. And just to yeah. address one thing, 
someone in my the YouTube chat just talking about like you know how like Draza was tweeting <laughs> about like the Carolina tweets and stuff yesterday. Like he was like you know just like be, being funny on Twitter. Like I just said, there's a difference between being confident and being stupid. And my point is, is like you can be confident, you can talk all the shit you want, but like when you show up to practice and you go 110% every single day and you're going as hard as fucking possible, that's not taking someone lightly. Like taking someone lightly and being confident and talking your shit, everyone talks shit. Like, you know, there's players in, you know, on other teams like Scrappy, for example, and plenty of other people like Clayster. Yeah, you can, you can talk your shit. You can, yeah, you can have that confidence. There's nothing wrong with that. But if they were showing up to, you know, hypothetically, when Optic play Carolina, it's like, you don't just show up to scrims that entire week because you're playing a quote unquote bad team and just like not try and practice because you're having an easy match. And if you like, that's, that's, that's the difference. Like if the, if the team was showing up, making comments like that, not going hard, like, oh, we have an easy weekend this weekend. Like that shit does not fly. There's a bunch of, that's, that's, that's my, that's like the difference between being confident and still going hundred percent and backing up shit and, you know, like doing that and then being fucking stupid. Very different. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, I mean, listen, if you are the better team in a matchup against a bottom team, it gives you some in your mind. You should always maybe, be the better team. You should always be the better team. But that doesn't mean you're going to take someone lightly. There's a, there's a you huge You shouldn't take them lightly. There. Yes, we can have a conversation amongst the team, but maybe we want to try a map or two in this set because we think even if it doesn't work out, you know, we're still confident we're going to win the rest of the maps in the set. You've got to give yourself more freedom to experiment, but you should never go into a series just being like, yeah, we're going to show these kids not trying the warm up, not do the proper preparation before the series. That's how you get fucking slammed because you underestimate people. I, the mindset that you have, Chris is what championship teams have in virtually any sport and esport. Yeah, Take you, it one match at a time and don't underestimate yeah. any opponents that you play. Yeah. Confidence in being dumb is much different. And again, like you can yeah. say whatever you want is like, as long as your actions back it up, I know people don't see scrims every day and people's attitudes in scrims. So it's obviously something that you can't really like, comment from an outside looking in because you don't get to see it but yeah there's a much big there's a huge difference between talking your shit and then like actually not doing anything about it because you just like you're being stupid and then talking your shit and then showing up and going 110 percent to make sure you're getting better every day so just a quick clarification because i saw some people talking about it well let's get back on top of seattle do we want to watch pull up i think pull up the vod again let's watch you quickly the end of the end of it p5 so we'll see what we're talking about and then we can talk about the end of that one versus optic on seattle yeah. Let's finish that conversation. Of course. Well, of we're going to try and show There's going to be less VOD this week, chat, because I'm going to be honest. Uh, they, a lot of these maps just were not close this weekend. So there's not a lot to break down. So I think it's but like I think what, be, right here. Uh, yeah. yeah, we'll back it up even before this. We should set up how this actually gets to this well, situation. because Yeah, I can do it. Yeah, It, it gets to the situation. It, it all starts when Hook. So if you back it up to like here, Hook gets yeah. a really big two piece through this pinch right here to flip the spawns. Like this is a big play. We don't look for the pinch, which is obviously on us. And then he does that. So then after all that, he fast forward to like right around here. <clears throat> so this is what you were talking about beforehand. And this is a very hard break. But at the same time, bro, they're also not at 190. So they don't win off this. Obviously, they can get really close, but they don't win yeah. off this, which is also really big for us too. It's We're not in as terrible as a position as it could have been, which is huge too. But I think where I was going to go with this is like, do you think Seattle need to do a better job of, you know, there's a hard hill to break. There's layers you can play, but they didn't really do a good job of, so, you know, Kyler was watching right middle there. He gets, he gets back down and then they don't really watch the street cross. Yeah. And then he gets in this position that you highlighted where mm -hmm. Alex got to win a big one. Some other gunfights go that way. 
Well, I know this, what Boozy got I think earlier it's two right there. If, 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 if yeah. Zach doesn't win that gunfight, we probably don't win this hill. Yeah. And then if we don't win this hill, like that that, that fight between Alec and, and Zach was basically not the game because, again, they don't win off this, but it would have made it a lot harder to win off this, obviously rotating towards P1. So. Yeah. 100%. But, I mean, yeah. yeah, you were talking about how they walked up the middle and stuff. I mean, that hill is a hill that seems like it's impossible to, you know, get broken on. And it's definitely something that's easier to hold, um, you know. But at the same time, like, the way, like, you know, you set up on it sometimes, like, it's also, the, it looked like they all just kind of guessed wrong. And I'm sure there's things that, you know, maybe you, you can say to do differently. But, I mean. No, I'll be the one to say it, bro. Like, I don't, listen, the way that Hill plays with your ability to sometimes spawn out the street behind people, like, communication and the layers make it, you have a lot of tools with your holding that Hill to funnel the other team and effectively watch your crosses and like team shoot people. Mm -hmm. And I think they played like Kyler tried his best on the wall. I don't really blame Kyler because he got, he's getting pushed by three people. Um, they got he calls down. out their son. Yeah. He, he got, got back, back down. down. Yeah. And, and Booz is on tank. So he's trying to watch the street cause you don't want to die watching the tank. He does get two. I'll give Booz a credit. Ky the, the problem in that situation is inner doesn't want to get peeled out of Hill. Understandable. They need the time. Alec is sort of the one that's sort of playing some potential push coming through like P2 in ice cream. And he's not really supporting anything. He does eventually get into play, but it's your point, like in a situation where he's having a child draws on the street and he does a decent job, but he doesn't win the gunfight. So mm. not, not the best execution for Seattle there. And then pull up the optic one. Again, these things kind of end up by fine margins, like the series against optic first map banger. Banger skid roll. Uh, Seattle got off to a pretty good start. You know, they were looking good. We thought this series might be really mixy. Uh, I personally think that Optic is one of the best, if not one of the best, if not the best skid roll hardpoint team right now. Um, and it gets this situation. Optic get a good break into the P4 here, which we don't see. Yeah. But it's all good. Seattle, you know, you see the situation for Seattle right now. They got Garage. They got P2. And then that timing right there where Ken gets across. And if you want to back it up and you see how it happens is pretty much how they lose this map. They get no information. Ken's back here, gets the kill on the booze, about a big butter boom. So break it down for me, Chris. Yeah, I mean, they got two kills, and they just took their eye off of where, like, most likely Optic's probably going to spawn to come from. And, like, even, like, when he was over here, like, they just took their eye off of it. They just didn't watch the cross. After those two kills, like, the way the spawns work and stuff, they just had to watch different stuff, and they just didn't. It could have been a miscommunication. Illy could have thought that Abuza was watching the cross or not. Abuza makes it looks like he made a mistake and kind of just cost them. Really yeah, as simple as I'm that. Not. Like you know, that was tough. But that that that's, that's not a that wasn't a timing. But yeah, and that's 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 the thing. It's the fun. It's the finest of margins between they hold the crosses. They Kenny. They kill Kenny, and then mm -hmm. Optics getting pretty funneled, and Seattle's in a in a position with thirty points for winning that they close this out. And suddenly this is a different series. Instead, you know, they lose that map. Uh, it goes to uh, uh, Karachi S&D, which is pretty lit. But I thought Optic tactically on that Karachi. And I don't know if you remember the map. They, I love the way the Optic, when they get fucking uh, Shotzi going on Karachi on defense, because he's just a menace map. And then he's instantly just trying to pinch and pin the team in if they're going to just try and, like, iron that by getting the bomb down, click a B. And Seattle had no, they had no counter to getting pinched in on the bridge. Like they yeah. couldn't plant, they had they had no map control, and it's just fucking chilling their chicken coop or top three, 
and you know from there the series I, we put optic up two on a series are usually going to close out so yeah and it also just comes did. down yeah. to is what you were saying like seattle's a good team and they're definitely trying to punch up and like you know they're they're making yeah. waves and it's what it is they had a rough oh and two but they're gonna they lost to good teams whatever but uh at the same time too it's like when you make those little mistakes even just like how we kind of made those mistakes we didn't watch the pinch we got flipped at the end there obviously yeah. tyler jumps off the you know like lets alec take a little space into that hard point and you capitalize you can't do that with optic either any any good team like especially when you're playing at the top four caliber teams like if you <laughs> if you give any four players an optic room to breathe our team you know seattle all these teams like you let them make a play like they're going to make the play most likely. And that's what happens with Kenny. So it's like that. Yeah. That's not as much of a timing as a pretty big mistake and it kind of cost them, but that's just the stuff you kind of go back and watch to try and get better from, but it, it is yeah. tough, but still, I wouldn't, I, I, I mean, I, what? Yeah. What I still think for Seattle. So they got to play Toronto next. That's going to be a tough one. I think Toronto is going to be. Toronto's probably going to come back. Yeah. They're definitely yeah. going to come back a little motivated. Most likely. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I, you know, there's, there's always been some. There's, I want to say some beef, any beef between these two teams, but I definitely think there'll, there'll be, there'll be some motivation. The big match for Seattle is the Miami match because Miami looks good. The last, the last thing Seattle wants to do on two wins right now is lose to Miami, and then you're in a must-win potentially as Rocker to make winners bracket. You win that match against Miami, you're three and three. You're in winners, and then you know you win that Rocker match, you're four and three. You're probably getting a top five, top four seed for mm-hmm. Boston. So. Um, I like where CL's at, but just like a lot of teams, these next three weeks are key. Putting in the light, the right work, the right work, and getting into a good gear for these next three matches will get the momentum into Boston, and and they're on a good one right now. You don't want to kind of dip in form right before the event. That would be a fucking killer. So, uh, we have a bunch of other teams to talk about. Let's do it. Um, how do we want to do this? Let's talk about Miami. I want to talk about teams yeah. that I think people want us to discuss. And and listen, they're not getting talked I about enough. Big, so let's give them some love here. I'm, I'm a big Miami Heretics fan. You know, um, Bickle's obviously someone that I've got to know over the last couple of years. You know, he always roasts me because I say that Real Madrid's kind of mid and he gets mad at me for that, but whatever. But he literally tweeted yesterday, Chris. He tweeted his, like, going live fucking tweet and a picture in a Real Madrid shirt, and then he just tagged me in that tweet. That was the only thing he tweeted. It's just like, bro, out of nowhere. I, like, wake up at fucking, like, 9.30. I get tagged in a Bickle tweet. Yeah, I'm like, dude, what's... I just trying to cheer me. And obviously, you know, Journey is someone that I've known for the last couple of years. You know, he was dude. obviously on our academy yeah. team. You know, Juan's a good team. He's a good dude. Um, and I think the thing with Miami, and I mentioned this a couple of times, I'll probably stop mentioning after the show, a lot of people that are new or maybe started watching during the beginning of the CDL, this isn't a team of rookies, Miami. Virtually no. everybody on this team has been around for forever. Bickle's probably the person that's had the least mm-hmm. pro-level experience, but everybody else has been around since the CWL or prior eras of COD. So like, I'm not surprised that, you know, they went to another this week, three and zero on the season. Like these guys are off to a very hard start, hard, hot start this year. Like, are you surprised as well or now? Uh, not surprised. Uh, who'd they play? They played with Vegas, Minnesota, right? Yeah. So Vegas, Minnesota. Yeah. Yeah. That's who they played this week. So it's, it's like, yeah, it's just, I, I don't know. We talked about them earlier before the season started and there's some question marks, you know, uh, are they still going to be as good as they were? And personally, I thought Heretics was a pretty explosive team back in like the Black Ops 4 era. Um, you know, they, I, I think they had potential to like compete with the best. I would say like not super consistently, like sometimes they would just come out a little flat and it wouldn't help them, but uh, yeah. their match day passion and like the passion that they have towards Call of Duty is, is really unique. I think we said this last episode, but it's really unique the way like, you know, 
they, they, they freaking huddle up. They get fucking crazy about it. Like they're, they're, they are not taking anything for granted. Like it's like, they're such like an in the moment kind of team. And I feel like with that, with that being said for them, they're just so good on match day or they definitely perform better. And that's really important. And you know, that's, that's half the battle. And then obviously executing behind it. But, uh, yeah, no, these guys were a good team in, in black ops four. They were good. Like they were a top eight, top six team with like potential to upset teams here and there. Like you didn't just show up to yeah. a match and like, you know, like walk over them ever. So them doing well doesn't surprise me. Uh, I, you know, they are going to have to keep playing other teams. You know, I don't think Vegas and Minnesota right now are at the strongest that they can be. But with that, you know, it's still impressive that they're winning, you know, like they're winning those series and they're closing them out and they're, and they're making good plays. So I, I want to keep watching this team. This is a, definitely a very fun team to watch. And um, I don't know. Uh, you know, it's typical out of them, but I'm not surprised that they're doing well right now because they were performers a couple of years ago too. The CDL kind of just, honestly, kind of just fucked them over. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I still, you know, I've asked around about this. Like, it's not like Heretics didn't try and get involved with the seat. Like, they did try to get one of the initial franchise spots, and and for whatever reason, we're just not one of the twelve teams that got in. And they've already they've sniffed around, especially getting involved for years, and it finally took you know, the, the situation with misfits in Florida for them to find a business arrangement mm -hmm. that worked yeah. and they're here. And, and, you know, I, it's like, it's really funny. Like there's people come my chat and there's like, people are sleeping on this team. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know. I watch, I watch most of the talk shows. Obviously we, we do a couple of shows. I watched the breakdown. I know study and, and have started doing their show again. I watched the, the breaking point show and like, I don't know if anyone's really sleeping on Miami coming in because they remember how good these guys were. And TWL, and let's not act like they also weren't on really good teams in Challengers the last couple of years. I know they win Challengers champs. I think God Rex and his boys basically have had that unlocked the last couple of years. But like these guys have been doing their thing since they haven't been the CDL, and I'm not surprised they're coming in again. They've, you know, they haven't yet played the one the one thing on them, and it's not something they can control. Like they haven't yet played you guys or New York or Toronto or Optic. They played Rocker, Vegas, and Carolina. We'll talk about where those teams are at. Yeah, but, but they're, they're winning, winning those series yeah. clean. They're not, yeah. those are not going to game five. They dropped only two maps. Well, the one map, the one, the maps they dropped this weekend, uh, the terminal heart, they were both, basically both terminal hard points. Mm -hmm. And it was basically kind of a mix of really good plays from the other team, bad three dead timings on that map, which could absolutely fuck you with spawns. Um, and uh, just like the, the rock run was crazy. It went to like a gritty, third p2 type situation on terminal um but other than that like they look bro i love the way they play search their mastery of snd is really good um they look really good at control which for me actually is super important we talk about mid-pack teams and what separates them from everybody else is being good at control yeah everybody I mean, can figure out their game modes and get maps but the swing mode is so fucking important most important one dude it's so important yeah, so important so i i mean you agree with me i'm i love to see this team thriving here they are going to play better opponents. They're going to get back. Mm -hmm. They've got Seattle over the. They're going to play two matches twice in those next two weeks. Seattle and Boston first week. Uh, Optic and LAG second week. So looking at the schedule, the fact that Heretics are already three and zero, they're making winners bracket. I, I would be mind blown if they go three and four and don't make winners bracket. It would have to be some crazy. They'd have to get slammed and tiebreakers on three wins. I think they're in, uh, and I think they got at least one if not two if not three wins looking at the schedule so i think if you are a miami heretics fan like bro they might be stacking 50 or 60 cdl points to start the season which is fucking massive like 
yeah. that puts you in a really good chance qualification spot. So I'm excited to see what these guys can do. Yeah, that's the ad. That's the Adel Miami match is going to be a good one. It's that's like that's yeah. one that I would love to watch just to see because I think both teams are playing pretty well right now, and then obviously they can play each other and kind of fight it out to see like who's got the edge on each other. But yeah, no, I mean I I don't think it's necessarily that people were sleeping on Miami as much. Uh, maybe this is the same thing. This can sound pretty dumb, but it's like they just had a question mark on them because people just knew how good they were. Back in the day, you know, they weren't yeah. like a dominant team, but they were they were good. Like they 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 turned a lot of heads in that Black Ops Four season, and then it kind of just got like ripped away from them in the sense they didn't get that spot, they didn't really get to like keep that team and like you know keep like improving and getting better. So people just had like a super, just like a question mark of like, yo, are these guys still as good as they were? Did more talent come into the league where like maybe they're not as good as they used to be? You know, like that's always a big argument too. Like the league just keeps getting more talented. So it's like, do, do they still keep up? Like, I think there was like a lot of weird questions on that front, but I, I think they're obviously proving, proving themselves that they're here to stay and to, to be, a, you know, a team that's competitive for sure. Again, they didn't have the hardest schedule, but they're winning their matches and that, and they're winning them three ones and they're still looking good. Now they have obviously more of a, a tougher schedule coming up you know, on paper. So I'm excited to see him play. I think, I think that, I think they're a very fun team to watch. And especially bro, when we get to major one, they're, they're like one of the funnest teams to watch in that sense too. Like their passion out at land is awesome. Yeah. I like the way they play. They, they take advantage of not, they, they pinch well. They, they, they try to make the game more chaotic. Some of these teams that are below them are trying to play so straight up and like, they, they don't counteract aggression well. And they just get like, They've always had me. that. They've always had that weird explosive Miami play style. Miami guys always play that way. Yeah, they've yeah. always had that weird explosive play style that like is kind of annoying to play against when they're hot. It's not, it's not even just in respawn. They play search that way no, too. Yeah, they are, yeah. and, and it can swing negatively because you can give you can oh, give away course. bloods from yeah. often around. But like they, no, they're a I do or die team, bro. They show up. They're a passionate do or die team. They like they yeah. they they play by like the book that they've created. They like you know their strategy and they do it. Or they lose. Like they, they, they are. They, they follow that plan until they either win the match or they lose the match. And that's why they've always been such a fun team to watch. And that's why they've always been like that explosive team that like turns people's heads. And that's why people are so you know excited to see them play this year again. Yeah, I think my again my only thing with them just going back to first thing that I want to yeah it's only been a couple of maps so it's mm -hmm. only been like three. I've noticed that first bloods can sometimes be an issue for them. But they've also played two terminals, so like I don't, you know what I'm saying? Like terminal S and D is tough. Yeah, I played one terminal, one skid row, one invasion. Sorry. Yeah, terminal so, invasion. The other two are fine. Invasion first bloods on offense can be a little bit tricky. Terminals a fucking bang out skid row. Skid row is an interesting S and D map. It's a weird one. It's a weird one for sure. It's very very weird. I listen. Yeah. I I you know, it is what it is. But I I, I prefer scrapyard S and D. I know Scrapyard. Think, think they should give it a try? I, I know Scrapyard's kind of a bang out too, but I think it plays better than Skid Row. But I'm not playing the game. I just I or maybe I just like watching Scrapyard better. But like I, I just feel like Scrapyard played better than Skid Row. I just don't like the middle of the map in Skid Row and S and D. That like whole middle area with the the window hop and the staircase and the bottom and top garage area is just like a shit show in S and D. Not the worst for hard point, it's but fucking shit show. Yeah. Yeah, it's just the the problem with the map pull thing is like so there obviously unless people. Unless there is momentum on both the developer and the player side, there's going to be zero map pull changes until... I don't think like there after, can be until after Major 1. Until after Major 1. The mm -hmm. first set of matches after Major 1. So Major 1 ends the last week of January. And matches don't start up until, I think, the middle of February. So there is 
like two weeks, I think, mm-hmm. but like a lot's going to have to happen in those two weeks. So I almost feel like it's almost one of those situations where the pros, if they want to make a map pull change, should in the next couple of weeks kind of be like, we should make these changes and be ready to roll with them after major one, instead of waiting until major one to have all these conversations. Cause then it's just going to be a fucking clusterfuck. Yeah. But that's forward thinking and forward planning. And I don't know. I think Greece comes into play, that, dude. Though. I saw Tommy and everybody like, you know, testing Greece and stuff. He just walked, he just got up, but, uh, yeah, I feel like Greece, uh, I heard you. Yeah, no, I, I know you heard me, but yeah, freaking Greece, uh, hard point when i was watching i think it was tommy and shotzi were were testing it or something i was watching zuma stream it was like right after our last episode uh i know i was saying i didn't really like like the look of it the more i watched them play it it kind of looked pretty good but i've also heard and we're gonna get like you know into the thick of things here tomorrow and scrims and like really start analyzing the maps with the new spawns that terminal has gotten even worse oh dude it's i I heard i heard they've made terminal like even worse than it already was for most people and that's like a huge worry too because i don't think we're allowed to change the map pool before major one and so therefore that kind of sucks but do we see like if 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 terminal is as bad as apparently they've made it out to be which we'll find out more here in a few days do we see greece come in like is that like a realistic thing like i don't know like come in after major one or come in after major one one. i don't know i think i I heard really bad things about terminal i I played quite a few series of eights like on terminal, like it's on this new page. Like it's the map was already bad because you just hold security side and fucking win. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, it's 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 even like they've made they made a number of hills. Like I don't know how you could have made them worse, but they fucking did it. Yeah, like, no, that's uh, that's what a lot of people. They got rid of some of the dream spawns that give you an opportunity to get back into play on some of these hills now. Like it's yeah. just it's. I know they've they talked about it. Ones, people like, get mad though when things change too, and usually like at first they just their first reaction is to complain about how something sucks, and then they learn it. And it's like oh, it's not that bad. No, I, but get, I, I I don't know. I heard really bad things about this terminal. Bro, <laughs> so get, we'll, we'll sometimes I, on like P twos, I've noticed mm-hmm. you get these like weird spawns where parallel spawns or one team spawns like both teams basically spawn like bottom esky side plane. Dude, it's it it's it. I hope my my hope is that they. We're all in our patch before yeah, probably the next week or so to fix some of this stuff, like another patch, because I I agree. I think terminal people are gonna lose fucking well, pleasure tomorrow when they play it. And we can lock I, it back in here in a second. Sorry to cut you yeah. off, man, but we can lock it back here in a second just because you know we could have a lot of teams to talk about and stuff. Yeah. Um and we could probably talk about, you know, maps and stuff towards the end of this podcast. Yeah. But someone in my chat just said, like, it's also you have to remember too, like that terminal nerf and like that could hurt like a team like Seattle, for example, like they're obviously a stronger terminal hardpoint team for the most part. They like terminal hardpoint. They pick it a lot. Like, you know, does that affect like a team like that too? Like, you know, certainly like certain, these spawns might affect the way like some of these teams are in hardpoint currently, just because like, yeah. do they adapt to them quickly? Do they like the way they play? And a spawn system changes. Like for example, sub base was a bang out. And now from what I've I'll watched, the little I've watched and like what I'm, from what I've heard, it's not. So now, yeah, it's a methodical map of like, you know, you're going to like play smart and like logical and all that stuff. So we're going to have to wait and see, but yeah, that, that can also hurt certain teams too. If this terminal nerf goes away, but Here, here's know. my prediction what? is already three of the top four teams, you guys, New York and Toronto seem to not enjoy spraying up with people in Toronto and matches. I think you've all tried it. I would assume is going to happen is people are going to play this new terminal. They're going to lose fucking composure. They're going to hate it even more. So I think we're going to see it get banned in a lot of series. 
And then we're going to see some teams be like, mm, we hate it, but we also want to have it in the back pocket for major one. So I think we'll see it in some big moments in major one. Yeah. But I would say right now, having played on this patch, and again, there could be another patch. They could change things again. Hopefully. I think if we're going to remove any map, four grace is going to be a terminal. Yeah. So I really we'll just wish happens. they, like, I guess they can't technically talk to teams because it could just be so biased when it talks about that. But like, I don't know. I feel like some of the times that's like the spawn changes, I feel like are like seem so simple on like the mini map with like, Oh, on this hill, if they spawned here and here, and then like, you know, your emergency spawn was here, it would probably play out decent. I wish they'd just like had a better one, but I mean, at the same time, I can't complain because they've made more patches to this game already than they did all last year. So hopefully they get it right and they try and fix it and then we don't have to make a change. But I, I heard Greece played pretty well from what I've seen. And when I was watching Zuma, it played well. So yeah. we can move on, though. We can talk and about that. And Chet's making a good point. Mm -hmm. We do have Rio, which is a map that's coming in with Season 1 Reloaded. So if that map oh, is true, good, yeah. mm -hmm. that that could be... And then we'll probably get that at some point in January. Well, Greece and have... Meat. Meat's a good map, but not for competitive. But listen, meat, Meat's <laughs> a good meat, yeah, Meat's a good map. A good map. Though, map. Dude. That's a fun map to play. I love playing Meat, dude. Not, listen, you know, that might good, sound crazy, but it's three lanes. Got yeah. it like an inner, it's an inner... It's actually kind of a four-lane four lane map, kind of. Like, there's that. They're making but good maps, fun. dude. It's too small. So if Rio's good yeah, too, if if they're if they're gonna continuously pump out these good maps, like we we might be in for a good spot in some of the the DLCs throughout the year. That could be huge. Yeah. Uh, so let's move on. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about Optic Texas. I'm sure we had a lot of Opt Optic fans as always in our chat. Yeah. Um. You know, I we had thought, okay, you know, because they kind of didn't have a week of practice, might be kind of slow to adapt, slow to adapt as well, because the sub dude has got to kind of figure things out. Is that that first series? That they played, um, who was the team they played first this season? I think it was New York, right? They lost them game five. I was like, yeah. mm, they got some things to work on. Uh, had a clean one against Minnesota, and then since then, Seattle and Carolina victories this week. I think they're starting to really improve, at least from my perspective, in a couple areas. One is SD execution, I thought was really good this weekend, uh, and especially in the respawns. It feels to me like they're starting to get on the same page on how they want to play, and I think a lot of that kind of starts and ends with Fred because you know. Bruce is getting his, bro. Dash is getting his. Like Ken's obviously not so professional. I think Pred's play style. I think he's actually changed a little bit in the last couple of weeks. We'll see if it sticks, but it seems to me that he's playing. He's playing less for the um kind of these lay down cheese sort of angles and more kind of getting in the action and then playing using that to set up the freebie kills where he loves to sort of lie on his stomach. So he's been really on one the last uh, couple of matches. And listen, Optic Texas, right now six and one a hard point through four games, three and one in control through four games. Like where they're at, if you're an Optic fan, I'm currently sitting at three and one uh, in the match win total. Um, what impresses you the most of the team right now, Chris? Dude, there's no way you just talked about this pred laying on his stomach as like the play style change for him. Like I, I know what you. <laughs> <laughs> Regardless, like, uh, dude, yeah, I mean, yeah, this the when it comes to Optic, I mean, they're. They're a good team. They have four players and get a lot of kills. I think the biggest adjustment is not laying on stomach prone kills of playing cheesy angles as much as it's just like, you yeah, know, actually. you have four players that are really good on one team that, you know, you're going to have to, at the end of the day, people are going to be in advantageous positions to get a lot of kills. And then someone's going to have to take like the routes where it's probably not going to see as much yeah. action and you're going to have to do it. And that's always going to be an adjustment period for all those guys, right? Like Pride on Seattle last year was the guy that always had to do crazy shit because that's just how that team was built. And then now he's on a team that's a little bit different. So I'm sure he's adjusting that way. And then, I mean, I'm sure the rest of them are doing the same. Like, I think Kenny's a really, really smart player. I think he's really good at call of duty just overall, like 
regardless of talent or anything, just like his mind for COD. I've worked with him. He's 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 a great person and just a really great COD player. So I think they're just adjusting that sense. But I mean, they slay, right? When that team slays, I think they were setting records against Carolina. Like they're going to be a really, really hard to uh, team to beat. And they just look good. And, you know, if you're an optic fan, it looks good in the sense of like, you know, they're getting it, like they're getting it down on fire and all cylinders and all that stuff. And it just kind of is what it is. Like I, I expect this optic team to be a good team. So. Yep. Agreed. And that's why I was telling people to be patient. Like after the New York series of like, just, these guys just have a lot to figure out compared to other teams in their tier. And I think they're well, starting everyone to make has really a lot good. to figure out. That, that's the thing. Like, I think, well, these they, guys they, but do... they made a two person change and everybody yeah. else made a one person change. So there's just a lot more moving pieces to kind mm-hmm. of figure out on top yeah. of, you know, Preds Vita issue. So they just missed a couple of days. Like they're the deck, the deck's a little bit stacked against them and they just got to kind of catch up. And I think they've made some good progress. Yeah, I think again, I think they'll continuously like keep learning and trying to get better, just like all the other like top four teams right now, and just try and figure it out. But yeah, it doesn't surprise me that they're going to do well. They're, you know, they should be a great team. So they've got Vegas, which is a dub coming up. They've got the Mi- They've got then two really interesting matches: Miami. So that's a, that's a big test there, and then obviously they'll play you guys at the end. And then I'll listen you guys, and then we'll talk about it probably on the next show that we do. In January, but that's always an interesting one. I don't know why the league always schedules you guys to play them at the big end of these splits, mm-hmm. and I think it's a terrible decision on the league. We usually part play, because, yeah, like, we usually play them at the end of splits, bro, because it's such a bad spot for both teams. They're both in winners bracket, and you're just going to that match, and you're just like, you're like, obviously we want to win, but there might be like a thing or two we need to work on a map pool wise, or maybe we don't want to show strike. It just it takes away, I think, some of the pop of that match instead of doing it in the beginning of a split. But this is my personal. And you don't got to comment on it. I just think it's no, schedule. I, I see where you're coming from in that sense. You're saying like if we're both in winner's bracket, like technically the pressure is a little less off. But at the same time, like, you know, with how yeah. good both of the teams are and how good both our teams are, you know, we're always going to want to win that match no matter what win, it is. Yeah. Like, yeah, so it's, I know what you mean. But I, th- I think I think an optic phase series is always like a incredible watch no matter what. Like even like I know we didn't win the online ones last year and stuff like like with uh, I want to say the was it the hotel hard point? That was a crazy ass yeah. hard point, but I was gonna say, like, yeah, even though like we weren't on the the good side of those wins, like there were still like some crazy ass maps and shit, and still some crazy ass series and plays and stuff made by both teams. So it's still, I, I still think it's a great match no matter what. But at, yeah, but yeah. I I, I kind of get where you're coming from with that. But you know, I'm excited yeah, for we it. Got, we got that coming up at the Dan Jerry. I think it might actually be in LA that week, Chris. I think Tom and I are thinking about for that last yeah. week of matches. Might be doing them from the warehouse. So if you want to come through. Well, I would. Be I know you gotta my coach match, your team, but yeah. So let's see maybe we'll maybe after, but yeah, I was saying, I was saying, I'm probably not yeah, gonna be able to all the days that week. We'll probably we'll probably be there all week. So mm-hmm. anyway, um, who do I want to talk about next? Um, I want to save. Do New York? Let's 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 do New York. So uh, we'll, let's talk. We'll do New York and then Toronto because the other two top four teams only had one series this weekend. Yeah, one of them won their series. The other one, well, actually, no, Toronto had two series. I take that back. So let's start mm-hmm. with New York. New York yep. only had a series against Vegas um, in which they um, kind of, well, I, I don't how do I put this politely? Uh, the, the Skid Row hard point was interesting, but I think once New York kind of warmed up into that match because going into map one of that series, they didn't have a warm-up because of the Sky's red card sinking situation from the week before. They got kind of, you know, blacklisted. So they were they were a little, little sketchy that first map, but once they got going, the Skid Row S and D was pretty entertaining. But then the Karachi control was not. So New York took that three zero, and they are 
uh, off to again a pretty good start for New York. Are you surprised that New York is off to a five and zero start in S and D this year? Not surprised. Again, they're they're a team that did have their struggles with S and D throughout the year last year. I want to say was it online S and D they struggled with, or was it land S and D? It was one one of the two. It's both. Remember, like online they had some issues, and then they didn't, and then on land. Oh yeah, maybe it was like they didn't. Then yeah. Then, then you guys you guys clutched on them on that hotel S and D, but they also like trolled some other S and Ds during them. No. And then yeah. they pulled up to major five and. You know, in that Grand Falcons, you guys, they want all the searches. So, like, but S&D last year top, was just, um, yeah, I was going to say, last, S&D last year was what I was going to get at. It's just, it was really weird with the sound EQ and the no dead silence. And of course, there's still like sound EQ this year, which I don't think people are supposed to be using or using or anything. But it's just, you can still hear footsteps when you're not using the dead silence, like the covert sneakers. But like at the same time, it's also something where, I feel like this year on land, you can get away with it. And last year at Major Form, when we clutched on them, like that was a land, but you could sound horror in that land because there was no crowd. So that was a weird one. That was a weird experience. But uh, either way, I'm not ex- I'm not surprised that they're good S&D. They still should be a good S&D team, and they're definitely putting in a lot of work. I think their team culture is is great, and I think they're kind of trying to you know get Dante or Sib like, in that culture and keep getting better and better. So I think the more he's around them, the more they're probably going to continue to grow and get better in mesh as a team. Uh, but, yeah, no, I mean, they're a great team. I know people don't talk about them a lot still. I feel like, again, a lot of the talks have been around other top teams, but they did yeah. just win three majors and a world championship. So they're going to be pretty good. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah I, yeah. I, I talked to Dante a couple of days ago and, and, you know, he had told me yes, and he was their best game mode. Still working on respawn things again. They're trying to integrate Dante mm-hmm. into what they're trying to do and kind of obviously learn the game at the same time. So I think, you look at like especially last week they dropped a couple of controls a couple of hard points this week was cleaning only one match i think they're making good again for all these top four teams none of them are in danger of not making winners bracket at major one everything is about trying to win as many series as possible but also getting in a good shape going to that event because that's the thing yeah. that fucking matters not you know what i mean yeah, so they have and just being as well yeah rounded. yeah yeah i feel like you're in a good spot so they actually i think again because i think they're in a good spot they've They've got a fun schedule, Minnesota, and so they're going to play four matches when they get back. Minnesota and LAC is week one in the middle of January, so that's should be two wins, but LA Thieves is sort of in, it's still in a fucking enigma to me. Get to that in a second. And then Toronto and Boston is an interesting one. Uh, interesting one to close out because Toronto should be a fun one. And then Boston, you know, Boston's like just a weird team me that's the two two enigma teams at thieves in boston situation so uh let's talk toronto because then i want to talk about thieves in boston okay uh toronto had two series and they were both they were, they were both three o's but not in the way you might expect very, here. yeah very opposite days so they pulled up to care the the match against carolina and it was ugly bro it was really ugly well the scrap tweet after the series like ggs to London or whatever the fuck they're called now, like just yeah, I mean, like they did the class, like classic, like no respect. They just slammed. I mean, the amount of beef minutes. between like Clay and Scrap just talk so much shit to to each other. So yeah, he's gonna be as disrespectful as he possibly can after that match, one hundred percent. Vice versa, if Clayster won that match, it would have been the exact yeah, same thing. Talked a lot of shit, and then the Boston series. Look, Envoy probably individually had probably one of his worst fucking series ever had as a pro like it mm-hmm. can't happen that being said like map one was still winnable they mega toss on a fucking p5 burger hill they had like the worst set of all uh, 
P4 Burger Hill on Terminal. They had one of the worst setups I've ever seen in my life on the hill. The SD Karachi, um, Boston pretty much controlled. And then the high rise control was uh, one that Boston dominated, including a 1v1. At, it was a, almost a 1v3 for insight, bro. I hate fucking high rise control. 1v3 for insight. He throws a fucking nade, blows up the fucking oil drum, kills two of the guys. I couldn't. Comes out of a 1v1. I, I was actually mind blown, that. mind blown. And then Austin with a with a good wide chow on Jamie Insight, kind of hits him with the wide chow, slides out, gets the kill, and then Boston closed out the three zero. Um, it was a big series for a couple players on Boston, but just like I don't know, man. I, I you agree with me? Like I'm not really overthinking the loss to Boston. It sucks for them. You don't want to drop points, but everybody's no. gonna have a stinky series eventually. I mean... Yeah, you're gonna have a bad series. I mean, Envoy played pretty underwhelming. He just and he said he tweeted. I think his tweet was "couldn't buy one GGs or whatever." Like he he had a bad series. Yeah. It happened. And, you know, you're gonna wake up on days every once in a while and have that. Uh, you know, you never want to have that in a very important setting, and that's like why you know the best of the best. But Toronto is still a really really good team. Uh, they've been great in practice and stuff too. So it's just more or less like I think they just kind of had an off series. But at the same time. As much yeah. as you're saying Toronto had an off series there, it's like Boston's also not like a team where if you do have an off series, it will be an easy win. Like Boston's still a good team. I know they lost to us. They played at close maps with us. You know, I had my, you know, I think we made mistakes. They, I'm sure they think the same thing, but they're a good team where if their players are playing well, like they're going to be pretty, you know, they're going to be a good, like they have like the firing power to have like some explosiveness in some of the respawns. Their searches should be pretty good just with that roster on paper. So I think that Boston team is going to continuously get better and better too. Um, Priesta specifically has got like a really, really good attitude. Slasher's a really smart player. And then the other two have the, the explosive firing power, right? The final follow behind their lead. So if they keep their heads on straight, they shouldn't be bad and they should just keep improving. And then, um, yeah, I think that 1v1 between Insight and Slasher was nuts. I can't believe that Insight even got it to a 1v1. And you know what's nuts about that too is that I thought, so it was Slasher versus Insight. You know, both like the main AR, like the slower kind of players. I think Slasher yeah. made a good play by challenging him because I'm sure yeah. they might have called out that it was like, you know, it's Austin, it's Slasher. Like, you know, he's probably just going to hold, like, he's probably thinking, like, he's probably going to hold the preem and just wait for me to chow, right? So Slasher running yeah. at him was like a pretty big brain play, but like, it was weird. Insight like predicted his play and it just looked like he just didn't hit the best of shots. Like, I feel like Insight like almost had that in the bag and then like, I don't know. It was crazy, but. That was a nuts. That was a crazy moment. The whole entire roster, like our Atlanta fans, was watching it. We were all going crazy, bro. We couldn't believe it because when he was aiming at that, we're like, shoot, we were like, shoot it, blow it up, blow it up, blow it up. And then it got to a one we were like, holy shit! Like it, it, it was an intense match. Like if that, I wish that was a land series. If that was a land series with the crowd, especially at the Boston Major, obviously being the home, you know, the home crowd, that would have yeah. been nuts. But yeah, no, I think we're gonna see a lot of cool, cool ass moments like that this year. <clears throat> Yeah, I, I agree. Let's let's talk about Boston because I don't want to think there's much else to be said about Toronto. They've got former matches coming up. Seattle Thieves, New York, and Vegas are going to win most of those. So uh, they'll be in winners bracket. Uh, let's talk about Boston. Then we'll talk about Thieves. Boston yeah. is such an enigma team to me because they play series. Yeah, like they have all the ones prior where they look like the worst team in the league in search. Like even in the Thieves series they played at the beginning of this weekend. Like they went up four zero in that map and then lost six straight. Like I don't think absolute that breakdown. Look like the worst team in the league in search, though. You can go up four zero. I mean, you can't be terrible at it. I know you can also lose six straight, but yeah, I, feel I mean, like I mean, yeah. they lost two to you guys. I think the terminal against Seattle was close, but I feel like Seattle kind of controlled that. Like but the Karachi search versus us too wasn't like like a you know. 
I don't feel like you lose that as like a Boston player if you put the, yourself in their shoes. You don't lose that match and like Cap, be like, Cap's damn, we fucking feet suck. Were stick, Cap's feet were sticking out round 11. Like, that's a tough way to lose. Yeah, uh, that was tough. Now on. But that's, what, that's uh, what I mean. You don't lose that, though. And like, I don't think you lose that and say like, damn, like Boston sucks at S&D. You know what I mean? Well, well, Boston, though, to be fair, have been one of the worst teams at converting 4v3s and 3v2s and bombs. Yeah, down. we talked like, about that. That's, a, no, that's not a terrible problem to have. You're saying they're they looking like the worst S and D team in the league right now. I feel like that's like kind of harsh. Maybe I'm just being uh, too nice, but like I mean, it's it's some combination of them, LA Thieves, Rocker, and Carolina. So yeah, but if you but if you're getting the first bloods, like that doesn't mean you're terrible at S and D off the rip. Like that's a fixable problem, in my opinion. I think getting first bloods and then not converting them is annoying as fuck to deal with. It is, but like that is you're having control of the round and you have to like make like little little adjustments to control it where if you're a terrible S&D team you're just getting first blooded and just like not getting anything going like that Seattle team last year where that was really bad at S&D like I mean I could be wrong but I don't think they were getting a lot of first bloods for the most part when they were they weren't converting them but like I don't think they ever were in positions to even win half the maps they weren't even going up 4-0 and then blowing them they were just getting slammed for the most part I'm sure there was some that they kind of threw but yeah I hear what you're saying. I think to be very specific about Boston, what I think their search issue is like, it's less even the 4v3s. It's they on offense, like will lose rounds that they, sh that they should be winning either because it's 4v3 and then they're not effectively in a position to plant the bomb mm -hmm. and using their main numbers to get there. Or when they do get the bomb down, they get clutched on by making bad decisions. Yeah, I like, mean, yeah, that, they do have and, a and, very fast-paced team between the two younger players on their yeah, roster. And, yeah, and they're and they are the worst plant win percent again. Small sample size. We'll see this holds like, but they they have only won forty-five percent of the rounds in which they plant the bomb. Uh, it's not great. Like that is by by right now the league average is like in the mid seventies. So. Yeah, no, the planting the bomb on this game, depending on what map you're playing, though, should be like yeah. automatic for some of them. But yeah, I, again, I, I, I think they're going to keep working out some kinks. Uh, you know, again, they have the veteranship of Priesta and Slasher trying to, like, you know, get the other two on their team to, like, you know, become the best players that they can be and stuff. And I'm sure there's going to be some growing pains there. But I do think this Boston team has the potential to show up a little flat sometimes. Yeah, that, can, that can happen. They showed it. But at the same time, like, they do have the firing power where if they're playing well, like, they can be a really good team, too. And I'm sure, like, that's probably how they feel at the moment. So. I think they just got to lock in some little things, but I still have, I still have faith in them. Yeah. And, and listen, like, I think the win against Toronto is big for their momentum because if they were own four going into the, the break, I mean, you're basically in a, we need to win mm. every single series. We get back. They needed that. Make corners very good. That was, they huge. really needed yeah. that because I, I think watching them play respawn they've been they've been very competitive with pretty much ever they played a respawn mm -hmm. it's the search was kind of holding them back individually i know Preston sort of didn't have some great series he played really good yesterday i'm not really worried about that with Preston. i thought the big x factor in the team is always the two young players i thought yesterday they got a great great series out of cap and even better series out of snoopy and when that guy gets going yeah, snoopy was fine you when you were seeing it on the the terminal hard point and you're seeing it on the S&D Karachi. When he gets going, that guy's got insane movement, his ability to get out and not get traded when he gets bloods is super key. Like, if, if they can effectively, because he's young, he's raw, you listen to his comms, his communication's not that great. You know, I'll be, I'll be straight up about it. Like, if they can mold this guy, and I see the potential in him. Like, he is, you know, we talked about how good are when you get a top level sub player like he can potentially yeah. get there well the sub players are like so like almost probably the most important sometimes you know so 
I think he's got really good leadership around him to like develop Snoopy into a good player if yeah. they stick it out. But again, we'll have to kind of wait and see. Yeah, it goes it goes two ways. Mm-hmm. You can have good leadership, but if you don't listen to what they say, you're never going to develop. It's a you've yeah, you got to want to get too. better. Yeah. They've got to be able to get through to you, and it's a collective between you, the veteran players on your team, and your coaching staff on yep. like getting better every single day. And I think for them, it's look, it's they've got two veterans, two young players. The veterans have good comms. I'll be honest. I think Snoop's, if you go back and watch that Terminal Hardpoint, I know they want it. Listen to their comms. I think the comms are okay. They're a little, little frantic, minimal comms really at times between uh, Cap and, um, <laughs> and, and uh, 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 you know, Snoop on in terms of directing traffic and like small talk. They've got to really work on that, I think, because it's going to really hold them back sometimes. But I see the potential is there. Their ceiling is there. Unlike some teams in the league, you know they're one they're one in three, but I think I think they can get better. I don't oh, think absolutely. they need to rush or anything like that. I think they're no. fine. But their schedule is not super easy. Coming back uh, in January, they do start off against LEG. I would say that they're favorites in that match, but LEG have shown shown that they're capable to take teams pretty deep. So we'll see. Then they play Miami, and New York. So Boston, you got to think in order to make winners bracket at their home event, need to probably win two of the next three. I think there's a world where two and five, depending on a bunch of teams going zero for seven, might get you like the eight seed. There's a there's a world where that would happen, but you don't want to bank on that. You get three no, wins, you no. control your destiny to get in. So you don't want to bank on being two and five either, just because even if you go two and you're gonna like, play the eight seed, you're gonna well, play like you're probably gonna yeah you're gonna probably play a really tough team and just in yeah. general like. If you're losing five matches, like that's not looking good for the major either way. Even if you do sneak in winners, like anything can happen. But like, yeah, you you want to avoid that at all costs. You want to make sure you're performing more than that because, as tough as the schedule you can have, like you know you can't just use the schedule excuse. You have to start winning matches and shit. So even if that does the, uh, get you, and that's not something that you get in with confidence. The last yeah. Boston thing is that they have played six hard points and three of them have been on terminal. So speaking to your earlier point about terminal hard point changes might affect. Yeah. They're a good, team. They're a good terminal team too. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that, that can hurt them. Yeah. yeah. There's so, also a world where the, that the terminal is just so bad. And then there's like one or two, two teams that just like still play it and they're just good yeah. at it where it like helps them. So you never know, but it definitely might just get banned know. more because it's such a shitty map now. If that's, if that's actually the case, yeah, we can move on. Yeah, we me, can talk about like, I like the use. Right? Yeah, yeah, we can move on, but I'm actually curious. Far as terminal being banned in series, terminal is banned in four, five, six series played so far. So not not a lot less than I thought, but that number might go up. Six of yeah, I was gonna say like, what was the most banned map? Four, I think. Six of twenty, I think. You, the most you, banned map at Hardpoint. Yeah. Uh, Evasion was banned five times. Karachi was banned nine times. Skid Row seven, sub base is fourteen. So yeah, that's so that was going to be my guess because like that's just like a bang out yeah. map with crazy spawns. So like a lot of people don't like playing that map that much, I guess. So yeah, that makes sense. But yeah, no, I feel like Terminal might be the new sub base in bands, low key. If it's as bad oh. as people are saying, so we'll have to see. Eight, but eight of the fourteen bands in, in sub base were from Optic and Boston, both getting in all the series they played. So interesting stat there. Hmm. Uh, let's talk about did, okay. Back to back Enigma team. Steve's is another Enigma team to me. Yeah. Very weird. They had they had another I don't know what's going on here week of like they get on after losing to you guys. Mm -hmm. They play Boston and they looked great. Uh Invasion Hardpoint was decently close, but uh Steve's won that by 
about a hill, so it was pretty clean. Yes, and the invasion was a fun one to watch. Um, and then they smoked them on a, on a high rise control, and I was like, okay, well, maybe this team was finally executed. They they were pretty hype after the series, and then you, they go into LEG, and we're all thinking, bro, this is you know, I mean, I we know the history of this LEG matchup. The thieves are just you know the directly the better team on paper. Like surely they get it done, and they drop a fucking egg yesterday, bro. Some of the play, dude. Maybe I should link it to you, like the fucking play they made on sub base on the rotation in the last like P two. It's hilarious. Have you seen the play or no? No, not well. Maybe I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna send it. it to you. I want to I want to see your reaction live because fucking I was watching it with Sam and dude Sam, you know Sam like he's gonna root for his former team like yeah you know he's gonna he's bro but this play hold on let me find it real quick. Devon, I can see one six to three. I need a link. Forward. Oh, it's right here. Sweet. <laughs> I will pull it up for us. All right, I'm gonna comment it under here. Just look at the comments now, and you should see it. Got it. Right, on, uh, it on the... So this is on. So it's so LG had control of most of his map chat. It's two eighteen to one fifty one when I linked his vod. So LG should be winning this. Thirty seven seconds left in the game. So really, like the chances of LG winning this are very high. Yes. I. I, I can you give me your thoughts on this rotation if you do? do you, what, what Thieves thinks by just fucking bombing out middle window instead of just trying to fucking play around new or at least hold one side of the map? Well, are you saying like right before this? Hold up, maybe back yeah, it yeah up. back it up to where back it up. You, yeah, you right might have right missed here. it. So like quick. right here, yeah. <clears throat> what, you're saying like number six and number seven? Yeah. Well... A lot of teams in, in in this map specifically, though, Ben, like the like they like to get top snow control, like where LAG is, and like trap yeah. teams in the back of P two. Like it, traditionally speaking, having the back of P two seemed like a good like since the spawns can change. Like seems like you know like oh we have the back, this is good. But like if you have the back area and you're spawning like back middle, like people are spawning yeah. right on the side platform in front. Like all you have to do is just hold like a really easy pinch on the side door and the back door, and it's like a really collected so i think they were just trying to like hope that they can get top snow and area control over here and just like flip lag to the back so like they took a really big risk by doing that but they died like i see i think i see their vision like even like Apple yes. gets that too I, like i i see their vision but like you see where like number three spawns and shit like they want like if you're blocking where like they're spawning here and you're spawning where number four is and like you're spawning in the back and middle like you can trap people pretty badly like that's like what people were like you know you would try to do so i think they just tried to go for like a spawn trap and didn't get it perfectly to be honest but at the same time like they kind of they, they they need to make a play like that if they want to come back from this the way this map is bro there's no time left because of the way it plays out and they're down 70 points like if they don't do yeah they gotta basically hold all the time because yeah. there's any lights on their fucks and if and realistically the best way to hold time is to kind of go for what they did so i, I feel like they're on their back foot if they don't make the play and it's not successful, like they're probably not going to get that spawn trap in like, and really milk P2 enough. So it's like, it's kind of like a do or die thing. I feel like it's like a back foot, like last, like, you know, fuck like here, we, we kind of have to do it. Like I, I, to be honest, it looks, it looks trolly as shit, but it's just kind of, I see the, see the vision. And again, it, the I'm telling you, it's like, change. if you, if you just sit it's like, bro, like I know, like you're literally spawning in a new hill, but if you just sit in that new hill, and let them spawn around you every kill you get they can spawn side platform they can spawn front they could spawn middle they could spawn back like they're gonna spawn a fucking circle around you the way this map played so it's like they're trying to like get into an advantageous 
position for themselves to set up a spawn trap to actually milk this and have a chance of winning this game. If they all sat in that hill, they would have lost. You need two people to... F I mean, I, I hear what you're saying. You probably yeah. just don't... They just didn't execute it. And again, I'm you, if they, they're on their back foot, bro. Like, they got they got to do something. They've already... I, I mean, if you go back and analyze this map, they've already made so many mistakes, probably, that has allowed this fucking score to look like this, where it's like now... If we don't do this, they're going to lose anyway. Because if they just sat in that, unless they went absolutely just crazy and they just killed everything that came through every pinch and every doorway because there's the side window, the back doors, the side door, the front door, the, the top side door. Like, if, if you can lock all those down and spin in circles and get all the kills, like, more power to you. But, like, dude, it's just tough, dude. I'm like, right you, here, Chris, like, like, if they kill number two, like... They yeah. can do something with this. That's what this is what they were going with in the sense of like if they could have got it earlier, but they didn't. Because like right now, like, you know, the way the spawns are, again, the spawns have changed. So I can talk about it a little bit more, which is nice. But like you can't pinch the top side here, you can't pitch the front window here, and you can't pitch middle here. So LAG is now only going through one side little doorway slash back entrance in the back left. So like if number six kills this guy, they could have done this. So that's what they were going for. They just failed it. And then lose. They they trod a lot of hills in this match. Yeah, that's like, what I mean. They so have it's 160 like they just, points, yeah. and it's off of a lot of scrap time. They had like terrible P1s. P3 is already a clusterfuck. Ramp hills like P4, which is, can be a decent money hill in this game, played terrible. They had to try and break all the P5s. Like they were never in control of this map. But um, it's kind of a microcosm of of sort of um of, of that day. Like they. Then went to a Karachi that went round 11, which was an interesting one um, that they managed to lose. And then they kind of blow, got blown away on the high-rise control. I My concern with Thieves right now, and again, it's early, so I don't know if this is going to um, prove true, is that they seem like potentially one of those teams that if they lose map one, could be tough for them to overcome the momentum. They're not a, like I, I kind of hate to say that because I think there's so much you can control after map one. But you got to think like with with how this team is built right now, they don't have that veteran leadership they used to have on the team with their their old squad. Like there's there's just a lot of trust in being able to execute. You got a team now with like Cammy and Afro had a terrible year last year on, on Rocker. They had this fucking problem too. Dan, I, I love Dan, but you know if you watch Dan's stream, like Dan, you know Dan's kind of got a lot of energy. You know what I'm saying? I'm not, I'm not, you know what I'm trying to go with that. And then they've got Joe who's just really young. I don't see a lot of like within the team concept of like being able to really rally themselves individually or as a team that they kind of troll fucking map one and they're just kind of pissed, but yeah. they could have made this one, one, they could have made this series one, one if they had kind of executed a few rounds of that Karachi a little better. Yeah. So I was going to say, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's still, it's still early to tell, but I, I see the concern there, but yeah, no, I, this LA Thieves teams is weird just because yeah, like I feel like again, like, they have like some good moments and some bad. They're just like kind of up and down. Like if if I remember correctly too, versus LAG, I don't think Cammy and Ghosty played very well. Like they kind of kind of no. came out flat. Yeah. So it's just like I don't know. And also, dude, weirdly enough, I'm not a huge believer in this, but like, can we talk about the LAG versus LA Thieves thing? Isn't that such a weird Bro, stat? Why it's so bizarre? I, like I'm not a believer in that because like rosters change, and you know, it's, it's like completely different rosters throughout the years of like you know from the start to finish. But yeah, for some reason, LAG's just got LA Thieves number, bro. I don't know. Maybe oh, they're just some of these LAG dude. teams have been fucking like, listen. LAG's LAG had, does, has, has had some rough. Has won a, LAG's won a major before. Like, we'll tip obviously what happened. No, but even that team though that won a major, they weren't like they won they that major. Good. Like they beat us in the finals, tippable, and then they sucked. That's what I mean. Like, they didn't meet. They didn't even make champs that year. Like, 
Bro, you, that's that's imp- that's an impressive feat in its own, in the sense of like you know, like it's like how did they not make champs? So it's like so weird that like I don't know, it's just an odd stat. But like I, this LAG team is still up in the air, and since we don't really know it's small sample size, we'll let them like you know, no like no harsh judgment on these guys. Yeah, they're still so new and a lot of young talent and stuff. But yeah, like just in the past, like yeah, like LAG's just got LAT's number somehow. I don't know, it's pretty crazy. I'm uh I'm the Steve's team is is listen. They, uh, here's their schedule, bro. And I'll get to my point. Toronto, New York, Carolina. I really don't see how, like, uh, Toronto, I don't think they're going to beat. The way their search is right now, New York, I don't know, Carolina. I mean, they're probably going to have two wins before they go. So they're going to start in, in loser's bracket. Like I, I, this Toronto, this, this, this Steve team's in a weird spot. Because I just don't, from my perspective, and they're probably thinking the same, like, I don't know how long of a leash you're going to give the, like, Cami Afro duo experiment. Like, right so you're leaning towards a change year. already? I don't think they should make a change right now. Mm-hmm. But the, what, what is in front of them doesn't seem like they're going to do well this split. And, you know, in the past, and I know they've talked about, like, the Cold War year, they think they made too many changes that year. But I also know like kind of the people in the front office and the people on this team, like if they lose faith in their ability to win, like, will they want to make a change before again, this is the problem with the rush change thing in major one. If there is a player or two that everybody wants, it then becomes like a like a game of chicken because you don't want to be left in the bag of like the third and fourth option of pickups when you could have just gotten earlier and gotten the guy you wanted. So I'm going to be curious to see what thieves do over the course of next weeks. My prediction is they don't make a change, but yeah. I do think that if they start and lose this bracket, the likelihood of them getting top six or higher is unlikely Though we've seen past Steve's teams make good loser bracket runs. I think then they would make a change after major one. They're trending in that direction. I just don't think it's going to happen before the event. I don't think so either. That's why I asked, but yeah, yeah. we'll see. It's, 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 it's a tough one. Well, let's talk about some teams that might be starting to think about changes. I'm going to start with one that I personally don't think should change. And this one might surprise you guys is the LAG uh, unit. I know we just talked about the win over Thieves and they've had some, the reason I don't think they should make a change is that they have actually looked fair as compared to the rest of the people in this sort of category. Like they've actually looked a lot more competitive in some of these teams. Like they should have beaten New York, Toronto. They were, they had no business winning that series. Um, but New York, they could have won and then they beat Thieves. So, you know, realistically, there's a role where they're two and one right now. Uh, I like their ability if they can close out some of these maps to get it done. Um, so do they have the talent to be like top four, top six? I don't know. Um, but I don't know how you feel about LAG, but I am a little bit higher after this weekend. I'm a little bit higher in LAG than maybe I was last week. Yeah. I know we talked about it uh, either episode before this or previously before that. Uh, I think Assault had that tweet saying like their practice was looking way better than it's like, you know, than like what they're showing yeah. out. And all that stuff. So it seems like they have still the belief in themselves to obviously do good. And then they come out here versus LA Thieves and they 3-0 them, right? And they looked really good that way. They played they played New York close. And again, you could argue that they could have won depending on the lens that you're looking at that through. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I think right now they have belief in themselves and their system. I, I know, um, I don't know much about their coaching staff and all like, you know, about this team too much, but I know that it seems like they're pretty tight over there in the sense of like how they want to do things and they're trying to prove a lot of people wrong. Cause when they made this decision, 
there was a lot of uh, feedback in uh, negative feedback towards this LAG team, right? Especially with everything that went down and how it went down. So they're trying to, pe to uh, prove people wrong. Uh, it seems like they got the right attitude, even when like you know they weren't getting things to click. They still had like the belief in themselves, saying practice was going better and stuff. And that's a, I mean, that's half the battle there. And to see how they can continue to do it. Still a small, uh, small sample size, and just see how they keep playing. Like obviously we play them next, so we're gonna have to continuously get better and bring our game to every match like i was saying earlier but uh yeah i i i like the aura around this team early on in the season compared to what it's been previously because again i feel like this lag team last year was miserable to watch just because it just looked like they were just broken from the start and then they had, they had a good honeymoon and then it just they no never they did and then it's the yeah and then yeah. it just like came crumbling down and i feel like it just never looked like it was better and it just again the whole like vibe of the team just looked like they were just given up they just didn't care and then yeah. before that too they've had some moments like that in the past so it's like it, it would be nice to see this team continuously fight through a lot of the criticism and stuff and keep doing what they're doing and like if they do that and uh things go well we'll see and also i don't know their coach very much i've heard some i've only heard good things about their coach Rubios. though through people that i've known in either challengers and stuff like that so Again, maybe he's doing a lot more than you think too, right? Like there's a lot of stuff that can go into that. So I like their attitude so far as a team and we'll just kind of have to wait and see how it plays out for them. Listen, we got Vio's tweeting Jose Marino gifts. who's already a man of culture. You know that. Uh, Diamond content play great. Love that. LAG, the th other thing I like is their S&D execution has been really good, really clean. They're, they're winning the rounds. They should win. My one thing to watch for LAG and really any team has this as we get to sort of the pre-event stage of major one is teams kind of figuring out how to properly game plan and veto against other opponents by sussing out. Okay. This team's actually really good at said map. We can't beat them in scrims. They've been clearly beating people with this in matches. We should take this out and play them on something else. Yeah. Something to watch is LG's played five hard points and three of them have been on sub base. Yeah. They like, so that I map. wonder if they like that map again, spawns will change. Yeah, does, that, does that affect them too, right? So, like, does that affect mm -hmm. them completely? Like, yeah. High rise control, they played a lot. Like, teams might just be like, all right, well, fuck it. We're just not going to put them on high rise. They got to beat us on the more straight up maps in Invasion and Karachi. So, mm -hmm. um, we shall see. But I like the progress for LAG. The next three teams, though, I don't like the progress. And listen, I'm going to start this one off. I'm taking, I'm taking the lead on this, dude. We're talking about Vegas, yeah. and I'm talking to you directly, dude. I was listening to okay. the flank for five oh, minutes shit, yesterday. Five, listen, I, this is not a lie. I swear. I was downstairs, I was cooking up some dinner, you know, meal prepping some meals for the week, getting ready for my day. I put on the flank and I hear Ben J Nassim. The first thing I heard you say yeah. is that, guys, if I'm Vegas, I'm dropping Standy, I'm dropping Purge, and I'm moving on with my day. There, I said it. That is exactly what I heard you say. Or like, yeah, 100% I said that. Yeah, so you think this team should make a change? Yes. Right away? Mm-hmm, 100%. Okay. So, so... Now I'm curious because like I, I this is more like a conversation. I don't even know like what they should do yeah. again. Like they're 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 not my team to deal with, obviously. But so we're dropping Standy and Purge for who? Yeah. Why? What? Where? What are we doing? Explain to me. It might even be well. Okay, it might even be. So here's the biggest problem. Okay. They they look control is a huge problem for them. In every series they have played, I've not been I've not been impressed in control like. The series against Minnesota, super trolley control. Hmm. Carolina controlled that in invasion against them. Uh, Heretics, I know the invasion control was like 
all defenses, but I was still confident going last round that Miami was going to win that. And then they got outclassed against New York this weekend. Uh, like they're not going to, they're not going to win a single fucking series that they can't win control. And then when it comes to the other two game modes, bro, every time I watch them play, like this team is getting close to winnable situations mid mid map. You know, we watched, it was a skid row against New York where they got off to a good start. And then I was watching the second rotation and they can't decide on P threes and piece fours. If as a team, they want to rotate, they want to three, want to hit scrap. Like they just seem so indecisive. And it seems like they lack the ability to finish these maps. And if you are a team in their position where skill is going to be a mismatch against top four, like if you cannot like as a team execute correctly, like they are going to be in serious trouble on top of the fact that like last week, not this week, last week, they should have put Carolina away and they didn't. They and it went to a yeah. map five and they should have. And then they didn't like this Wait. team has a huge problem finishing right now. I, I just don't, eventually it's it's you're gonna swing either one way or the other way either they're gonna start getting lucky to extend and closing out these these maps or they're just not going to be competitive anymore and they're just going to get blown away and so i looking at this team and by the way do you know what their schedule is i made this point as well on the show you know who they play the next three games who optic phase in toronto rough three so so i so go ahead no so okay so i heard i heard all, everything you said there and like obviously I, I think did they have a they had a tough invasion with was it who, who they they didn't i know they had the whole like they didn't close out the one invasion didn't they do kind of something similar again on the same map or am i did i dream that on invasion hardpoint it was against no, search, miami. search 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 didn't they have another like tough search where they should have closed out yeah it was against miami yeah that's what i thought okay yeah so yeah and, and against yeah yeah it was yeah. against miami like so yeah no, they're, they're definitely having like trouble in that sense but like so you said this team should make a change. Clearly, you're 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 a Vegas hater right now, which is whatever. You're standing on your your opinion, whatever it is. I don't. But up to you. But why why purge and Sandy? Like why what like so, well, like, so if you're gonna get rid of them, like what do you do? Like for who? Like what like what, where are we going so with this, that? Here are the issues. Purge. Listen, I, I, I he's in my chat a lot. Seems like a nice kid. Right now, hasn't been probably their weakest player from a slaying perspective. Um. I like Sandy. Eli definitely has the ability to change series. I'm just not a huge fan of his play style at times, and it can be very difficult to build a system because it has to be built around him. These are not really going to change, be able to change his play style. I don't. I assume you agree with me that Sandy's got... He's got, he's got an awkward play style, play style for a sub player. I yeah. will say that. He does and, have an awkward it's, one. It can be very tricky to work around. I'm not saying it's impossible hmm. because I think he's been on teams where they have been able to figure it out. I think when he joined Vegas last year, he really helped them to an extent get to where they needed to get to last year i know they came up short but i thought he was a great pickup last year for them i'm keeping dylan because i think dylan's actually played pretty decent this year and i really really like nero and what he's shown so far this season the problem that vegas has and you could say well who would they want to pick up the problem is that people that they want to pick up may not want to come on the team because they're going to look at the schedule or they'll have been on the org before and they're like mm, i'll take my chances no thank you because i see people in my chat being like but what about Donnie? What about Pierce? What about Asim? What about Brack? What about there Carmen? are a lot of good like, challengers. They, they, they are the problem for Vegas now is they're stuck in a cyclical problem of they always suck, and now they've sucked for so long that people see this spot on that team and it's like, why am I going to go there and chalk my stock, not make champs anyway, and then my chance is up. So like they're in such a weird spot of like, I think they do need to make a change, but like they may hit people up and people were just going to be like. Mm, let me wait to see if some other teams who are maybe possibly looking at changes might do that. And I'd rather go with that option. It's just, it's uh, a, I feel for everybody involved. It's a shitty, shitty situation they're in. 
Yeah. All around. So I, I see where you're going with the whole Vegas thing. Uh, again, I, I'm sure they don't like, like, you know, they could have closed out some maps and like looked out some better stuff and things. Their control is obviously a little worrisome, but whatever, you know, but like I, I was just curious to hear what you had to say with that. But the thing with what you said just about like, you know, they always suck and stuff like I get wh where you're going with this. And I know that like, you know, they have like Vegas and Paris Legion and like the whole, the whole history of the team is not good, but it's like, I feel like the attitude of going into a team, if you have the attitude of like, oh, this team just sucks. I'm just going to join the league to like, you know, get my contract and like be in the league again. Like, I feel like I wouldn't want to pick up someone with that. Like, dude, you, you can join the team and turn it around. Like, I don't feel like, I feel like you're talking about Vegas right now where, again, they, they are losing. They're not looking good. They have some tough, they have some tough uh, history behind their org right now. But, yeah, like, it's still super early into the season. And, like, I mean, bro, they could have closed out some maps and stuff and been a little better. So if you were to make a change, like, I would, I, I would want someone that, like, has the confidence that like, yo, I'm joining this fucking team and I'm going to turn it around. Like, I, like, I don't know. Like, I feel like, yeah, I uh, see where you're going with that. I, I, so that's, that's like my thing. It's like, I feel like you can't just like not want to join a team in that sense. I still think it's really early. Like that Vegas team last year almost turned it around. They got a really tough ending and scheduling and all that stuff towards the end, but they almost turned it around. And funny enough, is that when they picked up Standy? Well, and, like, that I think the key point in their <laughs> so season was, kind of was, was the Columbus like, event. <laughs> Bro, they went to the Columbus no, event. And they they, they, they fell flat on their they, face. They yeah, fell no, that flat. Was, that was tough. And they tried their best in major five, but they put themselves again. And we've talked about this. What might be the calculus as to why some of these teams might get changed? You do not want to be in a position where going into major five, you got to get like Sunday. That's yeah. just making your chances of doing it nil. Like you want to at best try to walk away with ten points to lock it in. Yeah. I just think it's a recruitment problem for Vegas. Like I clearly don't think this team can win as constructed. I don't think this team is going to walk away with anything more than ten CDL points in this split i think their major two split of leg minnesota toronto boston thieves in seattle and carolina is actually pretty good so if they can keep this team together get some momentum i like their ability to get some points during the major two split um but like they're going to have if they want to pick people up yeah, I agree with you. You don't want to pick people up that like aren't going to want to, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, you can't, you can't have make someone with pitch. that attitude, dude. That attitude is such bullshit because it, I understand I agree, it. I agree like, with you. you it, goes, it, goes, it goes both ways, though. It does, like, yeah. You don't want to pick people up that have that attitude, but they've got to be able to make a good enough pitch to people because the question any player is going to ask is like, bro, if I join this team, like, bro, we our schedule is optic phase in Toronto and then we're in loser's bracket and we're probably potentially playing one of those teams again or like a Seattle. Like, you know what I mean? Someone might get a really tough draw come down to us we're walking away and we're on a four game fucking win lose streak well you pick me up we, we we go and we immediately don't fucking win until like march no it's 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 yeah so it's, how how what's your pitch on how we're going to make this work like that's i don't know it's it's a it's a tricky situation chris I, no they, i know it is yeah i get both sides man. you have point. to you want to be realistic with yourself too and especially if you're you know in the challengers and there's a lot of good challengers players right you're you're waiting for a better opportunity you know in, on paper of like yo i can join a different team if they suck but at the same time, there might just not be a spot open where it's also going to like force your hand of like, maybe I should just join this and try and make this roster as best as I can. So they definitely need a good pitch and stuff. But I don't know. I mean, Purge is still a huge question mark because he's still super new and, you know, he's maybe not playing his best right now. So I can see why like you have some concern there. And like Standy's play style, it, it can definitely be a little awkward as a sub, but I, 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 I don't know. Like, I feel like going that drastic of a change right now. I feel like still Standy kind of gives them a, like a decent ceiling of like where they can be. And like, 
Nero is already really aggressive, so like Standy's play style around Nero, like I don't know, we'd have I'd, I'd have to really like I guess analyze it more, but we'll have to see. I just feel like when you know you want to make that crazy decision, it's like who would you replace Standy for and who would you replace Purge for? Like if I again, if it wasn't like people, you kind of use like you know people are just not gonna want to join them. Leave that out of the argument. Like who do you want for them? That would make them like so much better of a team. And like also is it like on them? Like I, I do think keeping attached is always gonna be consistent. I do think that's yeah. a smart play. And I think Nero's really aggressive. And I, I, I mean, I just heard you talk about Sandy. I, like, I don't think Sandy's really that much of a problem. Again, Purge is just my question mark because I haven't seen him play that much. I mean, I'd love to put, I would love in an ideal world. I, I, I watch a lot of Vance's team play, and Nasty looks really good in this game. Nasty. Man, nasty. But Nasty's more like of an AR, no? Well, that's for Purge coming in. Oh, for Purge. Sorry. My bad. I yeah. Sorry. Yeah. It's just the problem. The problem with the Nasty thing is that, like, I don't know if he's got a P1 still active you know what i mean it's like mm -hmm. that's probably european yeah. players well nasty also like, definitely I, had some potential with the ar too i feel like he was playing better he's with just, just on fucking dysfunctional london team like bro he's on these most dysfunctional london teams but it's just not getting better on a daily basis i've heard all the stories about their teams like well yeah i know again think, i know those that like that that team was another lag where it's like their attitude as a team was just fucking miserable like so it's like not just because of nasty i'm not saying because of nasty just in general like that environment just makes everybody worse and that shit sucks yeah from when i heard about the situations i don't think nasty was ever really the problem it's just bro there were other people on that team getting in the way of that team ever all right so you go nasty for purge who do you want for standy dude for standy uh i mean i think you need someone that plays quick enough that you can kind of enable the best in nero so for me i'm looking either like cramp or asim i think both of them have played a pretty good solid speed they look like two of the best sort of speed players in na challengers right now um, so I would like to go down that route for those, either of those players. Okay. I was just curious. That's what, uh, that's yeah. what I, it took, it took a while to get there, but we got there. I was just curious who you wanted to like see potentially. I don't really have an opinion on that in the sense of that, because I just know how roster changes in my opinion, as much as it does matter, you need to slay, you need to be performing and all that stuff. And depending on what's going on with the ins and outs of that team, it's also a big attitude thing in practicing as well. I think that is like a really, really underrated thing. You know, you have to obviously have a good attitude and then you have to execute, of course, to stay on the team. But I think a lot of the times when teams find themselves in like the bottom four, not saying that Vegas is going to stay there right now, but just like how, you know, they're not looking great at the moment. It's just like, you know, that attitude of just like the giving up and just chalking it and stuff like that is like really kind of sat in yeah. a lot of those teams. That's why that Vegas team last year was cool. Like they did fall flat on their face and they didn't make it, but they had a chance. And it, they had like a real belief in a chance. And like, that's what you have to ask for. So it's like, I think that's a really big part of like their, their bro. culture is like, I, I, we talked about it. I think the first episode yeah. we want you, you have to have a good culture, even to be a, a top four team. You have to be like, that culture is one of the most important things. So it's like, depending on that is also a big reason why that team would make ch like, you know, changes and stuff. And obviously no, no one would probably know that better than their coaching staff and stuff. But I was just curious to see where you were going with that. Cause that was the first thing I heard on the flank when you were talking yesterday. So. I really wanted to get an answer out of that because I also it's, didn't hear the rest of that conversation. I yeah, actually the rest it of the off. context. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's just, it's just, listen, like you don't want to be, you don't want to be in a, in a blender of always making changes. We saw how that worked out for thieves and cold war. We saw how it's worked out for the London world Ravens Their entire history is a fucking franchise in the CDL. Like if you're making a change every split, like it's no bueno, but yeah, I think another team, the next two teams for me are all like borderline on what they want to do. Uh, Carolina was Fully uncompetitive this weekend. Now, mind you, they played Toronto and Optic. So, like, two teams I don't expect them to beat, but at least, like, show up to those series and take a map. Like, you know, I expect them to be competitive. And 
I think maybe only. No, I don't think they were competitive in any of the maps, actually. I was thinking about it. They had like a good start in Terminal Hardpoint, I think, maybe against Boston. If I remember. No, no, sorry. That was Toronto. I'm trying to think. Um, is Carolina good in any of the maps? Against Toronto? No. And then Optic. I think they got off to a decent start. Yeah, maybe for a second against Optic. But no, they, they got slammed in every all six maps they played this weekend. And they it's didn't like, land. No, I'll say, I don't think the, the maps that I saw weren't looking very competitive for the most part. Optic oh, set records. The only maps they've won so far have all been in the reverse sweep against Vegas. They got 3-0 by Miami, 3-0 by Toronto, 3-0 by Optic. And you could argue they probably should be 0-4. I don't know how Vegas didn't win that second series. So yeah, it's no, been a really up a little bit more for sure. But I don't know. It's I, been a really poor series for Carolina. Like, what do you what do you do if you're in this position as Carolina? They're probably just down fucking bad. Like zero points. They got Rocker Face Thieves and are coming up. Like they gotta try and find to win somehow between those three to be in winner's bracket. Otherwise, they're... I don't know. It's just... Losers. I mean, clearly, they, you know, they can't... I mean, if you come out flat versus Toronto and or Optic, you will lose. Plain and simple. Like, you, yeah. like that's just... You can't do that, period. And then if Optic comes out hot and you come out hot, you know, in that sense, like, it's still kind of tough to beat Optic because they're such a good team, right? And same thing with Toronto. So it's just... I, it's, it's a rough start for them. I mean, they can definitely turn it around... A big thing for me with them and what I'm curious with is I think Clay tweeted something similar to Assault. And Clay is not someone normally to lie about something like this in the sense of like he, you know, if they were just kind of getting shit on, he'd be pretty like open about it, you know, or pretty yeah. angry about it. But he did say like their practice looks a lot better than whatever the hell's going on in their matches. I think his exact tweet was like, you know, I don't know what the hell is happening during these matches, but it's not what I'm seeing during practice. So like, there's still hope in that sense of like, you know, maybe they're just not getting it down on game day. They do have some younger players on the team, right? Like Wynn's pretty young, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, right? Like yeah. he's, or he's newer to the league too. But it's just like, I don't know. It's, it's, it's still a small sample size. You, you, you get slammed by two of the top four teams right now. It doesn't mean like you're out of it. You know, it doesn't mean like you just kind of chalk it up. I just think right now they got to try and just tighten up some of their setups and like, you know, the, the, Spots that they are in for, uh, you know, like where they can actually capitalize and take advantage and like get some points back and make the maps a little bit more competitive. I feel like they're not executing in those moments and that's going to be really important. And that could be a game day thing from Clay's tweet saying like, you know, we're, we're way better in practice or something, but I don't know. It's very, it's, it's still very hard for me to be as harsh as I'd like to be until like you see a bigger sample size. Cause like, even like last year when we started off, it's, it's, yeah. you don't really know. Cause it, it, it again, Clay's tweet can just be, bullshit and they can just be getting slammed in scrims too but i got it clay's is not someone that seems like he would lie about something like that clay's pretty transparent like so i don't know yeah they can he, be he's better. transparent i've always kind of hated the we're better in practice excuse because i assume every team has their moments in practice and then you look at that and you're like we know we can be get to our potential here but like how consistent and also can like it? it's like okay well how many, you know what I mean? Like how consistently you're doing it in practice? Like, is that only just like one set out of the 10 that you play a week? Like, you know what I mean? There's just, there's a lot of spin going on whenever teams bring that up. And I'm like, not everybody, like, it you know what I'm saying? Every team, it definitely yeah, every team bullshit. says they're good in practice, but you know what I mean? Some people have to be losing practice. So I'm saying like, that's my thing. It my can issue. be bullshit for sure. Like, and also people's standards of good in practice. The reason why I'm giving Clay the benefit of the doubt is like he seems like someone that wouldn't like bullshit that as much. Like I feel like when Clay 
you know, Clay's been around for a long time. I've teamed with Clay. Like, if we were getting slammed in scrims, like, of course we're going to be trying, you know, you have to keep the confidence yeah. that you can, like, show up on game day and make something happen, but, like, you have to be realistic with yourself, too. Like, yeah, we need to fucking get better at this shit, like, now. You know what I mean? So, I don't know. Yeah. I, but, I, again, a lot of it is just also a confidence thing, too, and, like, getting out, like, again, when the match starts, doing it when the match starts and being on the same page and making sure you're doing the right stuff and the teamwork and the, the setups and all that and like, you know, communication, like there's so much more that goes into it on match day than practice. So as good as practice is, yeah, like you have to transfer that. Like we even had like issues here and there last year with that stuff for a little bit until we like obviously got it down towards the end of the year in hard point. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I still think that they lost pretty badly to the top four teams right now. That's not the end of the world. If they can, you know, start playing some more competitive matches and like, Start winning them and get the confidence there. It's like maybe they can get better and go from there. It's still just I very mean, hard just, to be as harsh as you'd like to be. It's just, uh, it's just, uh, bro. Any way you slice for them, it's ugly, Chris. So, like, I'll give, you, I'll give you an example. Small sample size. Mm -hmm. Played five S and Ds. What do you think their first blood win percentage is? If right while now? they first 40, blood, 40, 47 rounds. How many rounds do you think they've gotten first blood out of forty-seven rounds? Um. And small sample size, but this number is this number is low, Chris. Yeah, I was to say like I mean I would like to say a little less than half, but I don't know. Sixteen. Yeah, I was say, yeah I was gonna say okay. so yeah I was I was giving them a little bit more of the benefit of the doubt, but like see this yeah. is this is what we were talking about earlier with Boston. It's like yeah, that is a problem. That's a bigger problem than what Boston has. And my, yeah. like, that's like more of like the signs of like, uh oh, we're becoming a bad search team and we're not putting ourselves even in positions to win the map. And you can change that up and stuff too, for sure. And, you know, figure out better ways to get first bloods. But like, that is where it's like definitely a little scary for sure. Cause a team like Carolina, just like, like sometimes, you know, if you're playing a top four team, even if your slaying power is there and the top four team comes out firing, like you might just be screwed in the sense of slaying power. You still got to be able to yeah. sneak out some searches and you can still make, make those series work, but like, it's going to be hard not being a great search team is the recipe for fail. Like is, is going to hurt you massively. So like, that's something that's definitely need to like, you know, a little bit worrisome for sure. Yeah. But I also they, feel like Wynn's playing pretty good. So it's like, Wynn's playing good, but both their subs are not yeah. doing a good job with their first dual win percentage, especially Real. I think I, let me look up the exact number. Real in five maps is seven for 21 on opening duels. He's gotten first blooded 15 times. Yeah, and it's well, weird because like, again, I'm pretty sure Rial has been playing pretty well yeah. outside of the matches. Like I'm pretty like you watch him play in eights. I think he does pretty decent. Yeah. You watch him like mm -hmm. again, like in scrims. Apparently, in scrims he's playing pretty decent. So it's like that's something to look at too. Where it's like a, why, like I wonder why he can't get that going right now on match day. Like confidence and, and yeah. teamwork and all that stuff. Like uh, Troy Sender, NYSL coach, the coach right there, is in here too. Yeah. And like he said, like you know. Not even, not even the team is better in practice, but he said, and a lot of the big things that players don't keep the consistent play to win play to win mentality because they are scared to scam. Huge problem in younger players, in his opinion. So it's that, so that's what I mean. It's like Real as well as like you know if he's not keeping the same mentality or confidence in matches and stuff like that could be a huge issue too, right? Like, and that team does have some younger players or some newer players that they could work on that too. So that's honestly. Yeah. Well, it's that a lot of that's on clay to be honest like helped them out with that too that's like kind of his job as like that veteran leader too it, it could be annoying but i don't know they can still definitely turn it around a little bit if the things are not going there but we'll just have to see yeah i know there's a couple other things like i think god rex did not have a good weekend want to see him pick up the pace a little bit it seems mm -hmm. like he was playing at times a little bit 
like scared he's just giving too much space because he's trying to hold a better like win percentage angle but he's just giving the other team too much space to operate in by doing so a couple plays on skid where we saw like that so they've got a, they've got a lot to figure out there yeah over the next three weeks to try and again i look at their schedule and i see opportunity for them to find wins against rocker and thieves and then suddenly they have three wins your seventh or eighth seed going to major one and you're like in a better spot and it seems like now of like mm, losers bracket so we'll see what they uh can figure out from there i think the last team to talk about and um uh, the last is because they've only played one series and it was whatever was the minnesota rocker versus miami uh i think the biggest thing for me to talk about rocker right now is that i thought when they formed this team i was like okay you know lamar is going to give you what lamar gives you but he's not on the team to you know be the ultimate shoot back i think Linz has been which has been good but again he's this is his first run in the cdl you know he's got time to figure it out wake and reese have been around for a long time and I think especially Wake has been um, pretty poor. He's been pretty slow in hard point. Um, like, are you concerned that, you know, this is sort of a big spot for recent Wake and they're not stepping to the moment? Or, you know, do you think you just need to see a little bit more before we're, we're having that conversation? Uh, I mean, again, to keep my answer consistent, as boring as it is, sorry. But, like, yeah, like, a smaller sample size is harder to be. Uh, I don't like taking, like, super hot takes just for as much as i'd like rather actually see like some of the stuff but like i mean looking at wake i think wake is really talented i've said this yeah. multiple times like throughout like my career of just like coaching and just watching him play like i think he's really talented and i think he's got talent to be like pretty explosive uh i don't know how true this is with him i don't like i'm not like you know i don't really talk to him very much but i feel like he doesn't always perform as good as he can like i feel like he has a higher ceiling than like what people see i really do I, I do think he is better than like what people see a lot of the times so i think with this minnesota team like yeah you know you have lamar on the team accuracy he's not there to take over games and win you games and like be like a superstar like in that sense he's there to obviously create a system be a good leader especially help out like younger players and you know faster players to be the best players they can be so like there is a lot of pressure on wake and vivid but like on, on on awakening on this roster to to play good and to like you know be like kind of that superstar like he has to mold himself into that like guy that like kind of takes it over that could be a confidence thing that can be like him again like what sender said like you know not like not really playing to win in matches as much as like playing not the scam just because you want to make sure you never make mistakes and stuff and like that's also a really bad mentality to have low key and like there's a lot of things so it's like yeah when you look at this team right now if you want to make this current team work, Vivid and, Re Vivid and Awakening are going to have to play good. That is like what this team is built on. This team is built on that for sure. So like, yeah, I would like to see a lot out of him. Or, or it's, not, it's not I would like to see a lot of him. I think we're going to need to, to be honest. So I don't know. But I do think, I really do think it's in there. I, like, I, I, I have a lot of faith in like the amount of talent he possesses. It's just like kind of getting it to wake up and execute on some of the bigger days or like some of the match days and stuff for them. But I do think he has a lot of pressure on his shoulders with this roster. I don't know if you agree. Yeah. But wake, you're saying wake has a lot yeah. of pressure. Yeah. I, I think he has a lot of pressure on 100%. his shoulders. So like with like, and again, that's not an excuse for him. It's more or less like take this to like step up and like prove yourself as like a, like, you know, a top player in the league if you can. But like, yeah, I think like, again, he has the power to be fast and the talent to be faster and like be like more explosive and stuff. And like, I feel like this roster is going to rely on him to do something like that alongside his subs of course like you know vivid is going to have to do something similar as well in that like but like i just think like 
if he can be that guy for this team, I, can, I think he can turn it around a lot for them, a lot more than you think. I don't know. I have a lot of faith in I, him. I think that's spot on, Chris. Like, uh, listen, like, I see people call my chat, like, big wig sucks. Like, I don't see the deal. But if you watch these guys' POV, like, there, there is talent there. No, he does. Center I've, is seen, unbelievable. I've seen him play Luminous throughout good. the years. He's, he yeah, doesn't he's suck. good. That, like, he is, he is that's good. not an excuse. Like, you know, you can't always just ride on that for the whole entire career of just be like, oh, oh like, that's it has to come, it has to come out. It has to it has come, to come out. out. Yeah. But like, he's, but he's, I, I'm telling you, he doesn't suck. Yeah. But again, like he does have a lot of pressure on his shoulders now to become that guy, but he has to find the way to do that. And again, I don't know him enough to like really know exactly what it is, but I think there's more there for him than he's performing. Yeah. I mean, there, there are a lot of players in this who used to be in a CDL or CDL who I think are very talented shooting their gun in map but the other stuff they weren't able to figure out and like i don't want to see wake become one of those guys because i think we saw it when he first came in the league like and say what you want about maybe you think their team was star glitching or sound eq whatever the fuck like punch kill wise like the and movement like the kid had the package um it's just i think you made a good point it's about the plays not to win the plays not to scam like there's just they got to figure out how to cut through a lot of the baggage there because they need him on this team to step up. The way this team is built is for him to be the premier slayer as an AR and put up fucking numbers to create space. Or, you know, I think they've got a really good set of sub players. I like what I've seen from Linz. I like the way that Reese plays. And Lamar to kind of do the stuff Lamar does. And they will grind out series because right now it's a disappointment and they have, they have no wins. They're going into 2024 and they have not won a series yet. And uh, I will tell you the remaining schedule here. They have. And this is this is this is why it's like kind of doable to get some wins, but they need to, they have New York, which don't fare them that series. Carolina, that's doable. LAG, doable. And then if you can win two of those three, you go into the match against Seattle, potentially in a situation where you can qualify for winners' brackets. So it's not over by any stretch, but like they've got they are one of the teams over the next few weeks that's got to put their fucking head down and figure it out and come back a way a way better version of what they were. Oh no, definitely last few weeks. So yeah. I mean, ment mentality is a big part of it, man. That's, yeah. that's that. It really is more than half the battle. Like, yeah, like it's, it's, I'm not saying it's his weak mental or anything. I don't know what it is, but like that, that stuff is really important. I, I really do like what Troy said to like what I was saying with like the playing, not the scam, playing to win and all that stuff. Like I, I, that's, that's that mentality, man is so, it's so goddamn important. So if it's something as like that too, like it's definitely worth being looked at and worked on too, but we'll have to kind of wait and see, but yeah, they definitely Bro. need to turn it around for sure. And quickly. Like, and I'll say the last thing is like, this was the complaint we had about him and the Boston team at the end of last year. Like no one was discounting and you could probably agree their ability to shoot back on the map last season, but then you'd play them in hard point and they just like, they're mm. just making negative plays to be able to close out those maps controls. Negative well, plays I think, to close out those I think some of their philosophies in hard point last year are also weird as fuck. So I also think yeah. that like, was just odd. Like some of the way they, they, the way they approached like some of the Hills to break last year was very like like jarring like confusing so it's like but again like they were doing it as a team but like I, I i don't think they played like some of the best versions of cod that they could have as well but again they, they, yeah no one no one doubt no one doubted their ability to shoot back or play well it's just yeah. more or less like again you know we always talk about all the talent and i know like i'm not as harsh on some of it but you know you can be as talented as you want but the best players in the world close out when it matters more than the more than others you know like being a winner and like those bigger moments are those those bigger moments there's plenty of people that have gotten closer in those bigger moments and then they fail and 
you know, that's the difference maker between your career being like legendary, good, and just okay. Yeah. So it's like there's yeah. that that is a skill set of its own of like performing in those moments, having that clutch factor and all that stuff, and having that mentality of what like Troy Sender was saying about like you know that like all that stuff is absolutely a skill set that like really separates honestly separates a lot of pro players from the next in the sense of that like that's kind of an underrated thing that's not talked about a lot honestly in esports to be honest well we we shall see what happens with them when they get back but that is all 12 teams um standings are you know if you go over the standings page it's pretty interesting just to kind of close these thoughts right now and and once we'll get to our first community question is like Mm -hmm. What are prediction for losers bracket teams? We'll give you the other side that's easy. Teams that are on three wins right now that are probably in. Optic, New York face, Miami. Three and four probably get two in a minimum. So those three teams are in. Toronto's two and one. You've got to expect they've got at least a third win in the bag with their schedule. So that's five. So you basically have seven teams fighting for three spots. Seattle is two and two. They're in a good they're in an inside track. I think Seattle's make good. It. Yeah. Seattle's good. So then it comes down to LAG, Boston, Vegas, Thieves, Carolina, and Minnesota for the last two remaining spots. LAG is the only team of the... Sorry, I take that back. LAG and Minnesota are the only two teams of the five that have only played three. Everybody else has played four. So Boston, Vegas, LA Thieves, and Carolina are all one and three. They only have three matches left, so the best they can finish is four and three. Theoretically, LAG and Rocker can finish higher. Like, looking at that, I'm just... it's 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 a mess right now. Uh, I'm thinking. Yeah, who's this is why I'm like high on LEG because I actually think LEG might just like sneak it out. They might sneak it out and get three and then be in. And then uh, someone, I, well, I think we talked about it. Like Vegas' schedule, I think I think they're automatic loser bracket L. Rocker okay. to me is probably an L, and then it's the last two spots. Ben hates Vegas. <laughs> no, no, but they play. Well, I, it's, it's, I know. Listen, I know they play, I'm, I'm being realistic, bro. They play optic. I'm just shit. Toronto in a face. Like, sorry, like, no, dude. Like, it's, it's, it is what it is, bro. I no um, hard feelings. Like, yeah, hmm. I'm trying to think. Carolina, I would say probably for me, Minnesota, Carolina, Minnesota, Carolina. I might say the four that are in the that are by table of tiebreakers in the four spots now: Vegas, LA Thieves, Carolina, Minnesota. I think Boston, LAG, taken. That's my bet. Okay, that's fair enough. I'll go with that. I mean, it's. Gonna be it's speech, yeah, it's gonna be tough. I think. I think like yeah, it's it's hard for some of those teams to like kind of dig themselves out of a hole. Possible, but obviously tough. So gonna have to wait and see. Well, at least we have seven instead of five, bro. Five matches. No, I like the yeah. <laughs> I like the more matches. It's nice to uh, see. It's nice to play more matches. matches and stuff, so too. bad last year because it would be just like it come down to Saturday and it's just two, three, three, two, five, fourteen fucking tiebreakers. Mm-hmm. Like now, at least I think theoretically the tiebreaker scenarios. The likelihood of us getting a tiebreaker match is going to be really tough. Yeah. And by the way, they've also changed the rules now, which is nice that you only have tiebreaker matches for first, second, or third, or eighth seed. Because mm. then you kind of avoid the situation that's happened the last couple of years of yeah. like, it's like the Florida Thieves thing. I was like, ah, yeah. do we really want to win this? Like, yeah, that was weird. That, that uh, was we'll, we'll see what happens. So let's get into any questions. That was the first one, the early production of the loser bracket team. So shout out Cody Pearson for that. Uh, if you guys have any questions, he wants to yeah, answer. We'll take a couple if you want to put him in the chat. Drop uh, someone in my chat already said Ben is sent back. Like we're done with that. Yeah, question. we're that's, yeah, that. That that question's out yeah. the window. That that gringo, like the, don't ever ask that again. Yeah, that uh, was that gringo. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right. We have another question though from Andrew Larson, and yeah. it is: If Rocker has a bum season, D 
do you think the G2 merger was a good or a bad thing? Uh, I mean, I, I, I don't see like, I, I don't know. I don't think that's a bad thing. Right. Am I faded? Like, I feel like that's not a big deal. Like what I, what I think, I think the merger is fine. Yeah. G2 has wanted to get in the COD for a long time. Yeah, they have. Um, they've never been able to get a good team. Um, I would say that, uh, this team is also probably not in that category, but they do have the ability to spend. If you've seen in CS and other games mm -hmm. are in, like they don't, they, they spend coin. Um, the wealth family is going to back them because, you know, talking to their ownership group and people over there on the record, off the record, like they're the esports winner thing is not a problem to them. They've got a lot of money. They own an NFL franchise. They see the high side of esports. Like they want to get in the mix. Yeah. They want to be a little more passive now. They want to be in the mix. So I personally think regardless of what the fuck happens with this, like, I think it's fine. There's just obviously other pieces in play. Someone in the chat made a good point where I was going with this. Like they obviously have a really good, pretty solid rocket league team too. The G2 probably wanted to get in the mix. So like, I, I think it's irrelevant whether or not they suck or not. Like I think G2, listen, if we, if we transition away from city-based franchising, like they're always going to be able to theoretically field the competitive team. The problem is always in COD is this dude. Phase, as long as phase optic are around, they're getting the they're getting the pick of the litter as far as players, and everybody else is just you know fighting for what's left. This is what it is. I mean, uh, LA Thieves had a really good roster last year. Yeah, and New York and uh, did New York die. Well, I, yeah, okay, so <laughs> I'm saying this in a macro, like assuming that everybody was free agents and people were just having to choose between options. Bays and Optic are always going to be at the top of that. Thieves usually are also a good shout, but it seems like investment and spend and salary, maybe they're not going to be as competitive. I think a lot of players care about Toronto is a wild card and New York's yeah. a wild card. I was going to say, yeah, because New York, it depends on how much you spend, because if you spend a good amount of money, like too, like I would say, yeah. a lot of players want to, like, they want to play for a big brand. I understand where you're going with what you just said, but like, yeah. at the same time, the like, cash. you could say, like, yeah, like Toronto, yeah. New York, like Thieves, well, LA Thieves is a big brand too, but you know, so like, even like they're New York and Toronto built their brands now like my point is like yeah you can still field a really good team that was kind of crazy like but nah i, 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 listen, I, I know what you take but Tor Tor what toronto's done is after year one built a very crude core of a team to be able to recruit people no, like the envoy get like that was really smart new york's gotten that but like if someone put in my chat like new york let's not act like you know it's been some up and downs free agency for new york but that's how and it's going to go with is, almost any team. They, they 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 have this team because Optic fumbled the fucking bag last offseason. Oh, with Hydra. Like, like, Hydra. Well, Hydra was on Optic, and they let that slip through their fingers, like mm -hmm. of of Optic's volition, not of New York controlling that situation. Yeah. But like, no, I, I yeah, I've I've heard yeah. that. But I'm saying, like, my point is, like, yeah, you can still feel the good team. But I know what you mean with the branding and stuff. Like, I, it's, I it's at the end of the day, if you're asking but, a player, it's like if if it's if everybody's offering the same cash and Face and Optic are there. No, I know what you mean. Yeah, but. So, I just didn't want to be disrespectful to some of the other teams that no, were pretty 100%. good. But like, but to go to go back to the question, like, I don't also think like you just join like G two doesn't just join the league and just create a dominant squad. Like, I feel like I feel like any franchise and or like team building thing, like even like what you said with New York, like it's very hard to just join and make a really really good team and just like from the start. Obviously, especially now that teams have been solidified and they have their teams throughout the years and stuff. Like, yeah, I don't think G two has a bad say like you know hypothetically rocker bums out this season they do really bad like i don't think it's terrible it's like you just got to kind of find the people that you want to build around and go from there and like it's more of a long-term thing you don't just unless like you're spending just a 
billion dollars like before the season starts and you start poaching players for crazy salaries like it's gonna have growing pains i think that's a part of it i think the things that separate organizations from that is just like you know how are you going to build that team to last long term and like you know things like that make the right decisions during free agency of like who do we pick up like picking up the right talent and stuff is also a skill set like you know like all that stuff is really really important so i i think g2 yeah the merger is not like a terrible thing i don't know even if they don't have the best season and they can still obviously turn it around. Yep. Uh, if anyone else, I'm trying to think of my chat. If there's any good yeah. questions, you can, you uh, can here's say. a good one. Here's a, here's a good one. Can finish on for many men. When people say scrims are different than matches, what is exactly different? Uh, you want to get to scrims and different matches is, well, of course, first of all, I'll say this. I think scrims, you play scrims and, I'll go back to the Troy comment here in a second if I can go up and scroll and find it. But scrims, there's no pressure. No one's watching other than the 12 people or whatever that are in the lobby, right? Like, it's just you playing. The The environment's less stressful most of the time. Sometimes, you know, some cultures are pretty fucking terrible. But, like, you know, there's no pressure. You're practicing. You're not scared to make a mistake because if you make a mistake, what do you say? Oh, I was just trying it. It's just a scrim. You know what I mean? Like, you're, you're playing with a lot more freedom, right? Yeah. Like, so... That's one thing. Second of all, I, there are players that show up to match days and they want to have a one point something KD instead of winning. Like, not saying that they say that out loud purposely, but like people slow, like they are players that get to matches, they slow down. And it's like, that could be a, like, again, if they're not that slow in matches, but then all of a sudden, like everybody in scrims and all of a sudden they're slowing down to matches, like that could be a very big thing because again, you know, you have an entire community now that sees like, oh, you had a point nine, you suck. That is 100% a, a, a angle that you can look at it from there. So people do change their play styles. And then like what Troy said, dude, like teamwork, confidence, and just being in any big moment with 50 to 80 to 30 to 100 to whatever thousand viewers that are watching you, like, being a performer on the stage with the crowd and all that stuff too is, is huge. And like, if you go up there and you play not to win, like the mentality aspect of it, like sports psychology and the mental psychology of anything in competition, honestly, but especially in esports, like is a skill set that needs to be worked on. Not by everybody. Some people kind of just have a really good mentality and some people absolutely need to work on it to yeah. become a better player in those bigger moments and perform under pressure more. So it's like that scrims to, matches thing is a lot of that and then sometimes too it's just also you know you have in scrims where like people are trying to get on the same philosophies like we had some some mishaps last year of like this is how you play hard point and then like you're trying it and it's working but like if someone doesn't truly believe in the system like when i the best way for me to explain is like when you are in those big moments those clutch moments and it's like you don't believe in the system of rotating at 30 seconds, hypothetically. I don't know. Just give like a very yeah. basic example. In that clutch moment, if you don't fully believe in what your team believes in, you're probably going to do what your instincts tell you to do. And that's going to kick in and say, instead of at rotating at this time, you make a pinch play this time. And yeah. you probably in scrims are going to try out the philosophy that everyone's preaching you who to do. But then in match day, your instinct takes over and you don't do exactly what you're supposed to do or you don't take that challenge or you don't make that pinch or whatever it is. And that causes you to get broken. You lose 60 seconds and then everything spirals, right? So like, it's not always a mentality thing as much as sometimes it's to getting teams to actually fully believe in the system that you're trying to play and make the right plays because that's a big thing too. Instincts take over in those big moments. Like 
when you, it's 220 to 220, bro, and and you are in the mix. One decision, made, zone, one decision, one decision away from losing or winning. Yeah. Everything that goes through your brain at that moment, you don't have time to analyze like, oh, well, this happened and this happened and that happened. Like your instincts kink in. So like all that practice and all that stuff that you've talked to, the VODs you've watched and everything, it all kicks in at that very moment for you to make that decision and make the, the correct decision. The one that would also put you in the best spot to win. And like, that's where like your instincts come in. So like you have to become a team that is so much of like a cohesive unit that it all makes sense for you guys too. So that's like, again, a huge also thing that matters. Like to give an example from our team, like just like we, we were never fully on that same page of control last year and it hurt us. Yeah. And like, Again, that, that is a problem. That's like one of the hardest things to do coaching wise, even as a player, when I was like a player at the time, like to get all four people to do it, like it's, it's a task and it, it takes a lot. So like, I would say that's probably the biggest thing for me from scrims and matches is that I feel like a lot of people that play or coach in the moment would probably agree for the most part, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think you need to hit the nail on the head. So I'm glad that you uh, went off a bit there, Crowder coach. I think, uh, I think this is a good show. We we got a we got a lot through, talked about a lot. Are we? How do we want to handle the next three weeks? Because wait, um, go ahead. Never mind. All right. I just how do you I, just, I just realized I just realized like you're on Twitch. I was gonna say because I the whole like Twitch thing with uh plays and stuff, but then I just realized you're on Twitch and we're reviewing no, gameplay, so we're, we're fine. We're we're good. Yeah, they. they yeah. We need to speak on that real quick. Yeah, I, was saying, I feel like we um, didn't talk about that that much, and I, I, it just, it just I, I can I can finish the show and talk yeah, about it. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Uh, you know, we had a really good conversation with Activision last week, early last week. Tom and I hopped on, and one of the things that they apologized to us about was in previous communication that if we were on Twitch and watching highlights, that that would be in violation of you know their contract, the Activision contract with YouTube, and then they said actually, you know, we we dive in on it. And, you know, there's not an issue there. So I'm not sure if that was one of those, like maybe an Activision lawyer kind of, you know, made a mistake or them and YouTube put their heads together and like, mm, we should be supporting community shows. We should be supporting pros. You know, one thing that not even be on the shows, I'll give an example. I had pros DM me this weekend. It's like, Hey, I want to go back and watch my matches on stream on Twitch. Like, can I do that? And I was like, yeah. And I think that was something they would have thought about too. It's just like, well, now we're, not even letting our athletes create, con we, we complained that our pros don't stream. Well, now we're giving them something that they can't fucking stream now of a very limited set that they already have. So I think, they, I think everybody put their heads together and, and decided to do differently. Obviously there's still a bunch of edge issues that we need to figure out. I think the big thing right now, just to give everybody transparent, we're trying to figure out what Activision is, you know, with the world now that we all have to, when we go to events, everything's kind of kind of be on YouTube. You know, there's a revenue loss kind of issue that everybody involved has to figure out. So Activision is very open to conversation. We're actively talking about how to overcome that issue. Um, and so I'm hoping we get a solution on that before everybody leaves for the holiday this week. And that way, going into January, we can, you know, full speed plan to be at Boston. I've already like, you know, we've already got stuff lined up, especially around the flank for around Boston. So I'm hoping we were able to go. But uh, I think people have cooled down and we're at a point where yeah, I feel like it was getting, I feel like it was getting kind of hot. It's getting hot for a second over there, dude, with, with everything yeah. going on, especially the whole scump thing too. But so the last thing I, I'm going to ask, and the only reason why I'm asking this is because I actually am not obviously on this side of things yeah. as much as you are. You're not allowed to stream on Twitch at all, even if it's full cam and stuff. So the rule is 
that if you're in the YouTube, if you're in the watch party program, right, you're watching. So you have to sign a watch party program thing. Is that no, it's, it's no? even, it's even what? more of a legal trap than that. By streaming a match from minor saying from streaming matches on YouTube, if you're watching matches on YouTube, uh-huh. you are there agreeing to their automatically agreeing. watch, watch party. Runs. Now, I don't know. I'm not a lawyer. I don't know if that's going to actually, would actually hold up in court, but obviously you have to get to a point where you'll be able to litigate and it's cost and whatever. Maybe mm-hmm. it's just a fucking legal trap. But basically, if you were on YouTube then, you agree to that terms, and then those terms say that you can't multi-stream and be on Twitch. At all. Going full cam. And I think that's where, like, say, you know, this weekend with Scump. That was the whole thing with Scump. On Friday, they were live on YouTube with sort of their, their full experience, and on Twitch it was just full cam, no audio, just full cam, and their YouTube well, stream got shut down. Yeah, and my confusion was yeah. that, like, but, like, if it's full stream, if it's full screen, no audio, no CDL on Twitch, like, how can you take that down if it has, like, almost nothing to well, do? So they, so they didn't take the Twitch, never got taken down. Oh. That's, I think, a misconception I mean, I, of what happened. I, I, was, yeah. I, I, I mean, I was, to be honest, yeah, I was not, obviously, as in yeah. that because I, we, were, we were doing our matches and shit. But, so, yeah, but, so, if, but if you do stream, if, so, basically... You agree to mul- if you stream on YouTube or whatever you're doing the watch party stuff, you're kind of like automatically agreeing that you can't multi-stream at the time. It's like kind of like correct, yeah. So even get, even if has, even if your multi-stream has nothing to do with Call of Duty, yeah, like hypothetically, get... Scump had nothing to do with COD. Like in the sense, he was full screen yeah. camera. Okay, I I just I just didn't know how that worked. So that's like why that all went haywire and then everything went fucking nuts from there. Yeah, basically, like their YouTube stream got shut down, and then they were like, "Well, fuck, we'll just shut down." You know. Well, I just didn't know how that worked because my confusion of it when everything happened was like, how can they hold the rights of someone multi-streaming if, like, the again the Twitch stream wasn't technically broadcast? But I yeah, guess if you're agreeing to terms or some shit when you go live on, I, mean, I don't know. I was confused. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Is like, I the question of whether or not. You, this would actually uphold in court is definitely a question. The problem is, is like court. Holy shit! No, no, but like because that's how the same way you <laughs> no, solve, you get a remedy on that. Answer that question. Like, yeah, no. Just, the problem is at that point, like it's a lawsuit. They're going to fight it. They're going to have a million motions before you even get to depositions. And then, like, if you get a judgment, is a trial. Like, you're literally like at that point three years in. You know what I'm saying? Because it's just it's yeah, a civil yeah, case. Yeah. It's not going to move. It's a civil case, and it doesn't involve like you know. A president yeah, or something that's gonna make it slow. speed up it's gonna move fucking slow it's gonna cost a lot of money so that's like these traps it's like you know they can have policy that's borderline but it's like you're never actually gonna be able to sort of solve whether or not it's doable so i don't know it's just i know i, I was just, i was honestly just genuinely curious because yeah that that was confusing i guess that at the same time i, I do think though, stuff up. i well, do think someone eventually because this is a greater application of a lot of people on the internet myself included Sometimes you probably do it too. You know, you sit there and you watch YouTube content or Twitch content. You know what I mean? Let's say you're eating lunch or whatever and you can't hold your control. You're watching people that are, that, you know, sit there and they react to content. These type of policies and guidelines do kind of get into that industry. And I do think at some point, someone with a lot of money, a big streamer or a, an agency that represents a big streamer is going to challenge sort of the fair use sort of kind of thought process around a lot of this reaction content. I do think eventually it will go to the Supreme court and we'll get a real ruling on whether or not like 
you know, publishers and the, the, the platforms can really claim exclusivity on certain content pieces. Mm-hmm. I don't know when that will happen. I don't know how long it will take, but I do think, do think between this and you know, like the XQC drama from a while back, like there's enough that, space yeah. here that someone's going to try and get or remedy or clarity around like what's actually enforceable and legal in yeah, this no. space. The whole thing is just, yeah, it was definitely a little confusing, but I guess that clears some of it up. But uh, I mean, no, at the end of the day, the listen, fuck out of I hope, I hope you guys and everyone else is doing watch parties in the sense, like find a way to go to the events and you figure that out. Cause obviously I just want the community to be fucking stoked. And I think you having you guys at events and stuff is really dope. So hopefully you guys figure that shit out. Um, I do too. But yeah, dude, with that being said, I think that's it, right? That's the, that's a wrap on the episode. We get two hours and yep. 11 minutes. Not bad. Yep. Um, I'll take the outro. You did the, you did the, such a great intro with the music, but, uh, appreciate it. Yeah. Everyone watching on YouTube. We had a bunch of people in here hanging out, watching. I appreciate you guys. Everyone watching on Ben's Twitch stream as well. We appreciate you guys. You know, we was joined here by my co-host, Ben Nassim, the goat himself, talking about all things of the last CDL weekend. Uh, I don't think we are going to see you guys until maybe not next Monday, because next Monday is Christmas. I don't know if we're doing an episode next week. We'll kind of see. Maybe like later in the week, we'll talk about it, Ben. But uh, yeah. yeah, the next time we see you guys on this podcast, you know, I hope you guys have a great holiday if you're celebrating everything. And of course, thank you guys for watching. This will be up on all platforms here shortly. Um, and yeah, dude, I'm excited to keep doing these episodes, dude. I, this is, is now probably going to be a weekly thing as much as we can to just keep talking to you guys about stuff. You guys are super positive vibes today. Fire show. I think it was a fire show all around. And thanks for watching. Uh, we will see you guys all next one. Peace out. Peace.